You ready to smash some meat together until we produce a couple of genuine wrestle boys? Hello, welcome to Genuine Wrestle Boys, a podcast of four friends with better friends who love professional wrestling. I'm Matt. I'm Eastside. I'm Zach. And we're, today we have a very special guest. We have Brady from HeaterWrestling.com with us. <laughs> HeaterWrestling.com. What are you doing? Who are you over there? Sitting in a different chair. Different chair, Derek. I'm producer Derek. This is the third time ever I've called you Derek. Who normally oh. sits there? There's probably um, no one. A ghost. Oh. Of the- Christmas past. <laughs> yeah. But Derek's in a different chair. Yeah, because we have Braden here. Yeah, and I feel Peter like yeah, I feel like you can hear that Derek's in a different chair. Probably. Right I mean, this mic might be a little different. I don't know. Probably sounds better. Mm. Why yeah. would this one sound better? I don't know. Mm. I, I like. I don't you know. Though. I like you over there though. Oh, I like it because I can see everything. It's like you're. It's like you're head. the dad at the at the head of the table. All right, kids. Derek, and like power school were, today. Weren't you supposed to be the one that like wrangled this in? Yeah. yeah. That was like you're the 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 host of the gimmick. Yeah, but now yeah. Derek gets to lead us in prayer. Mm-hmm. Do you have Wranglers right. on? No, I only wear Levi's. Only Brand wear, loyal. I only wear Lee pipes. Ooh, what? I only wear. What does Brett Favre wear? Wranglers. Wranglers. Okay, real comfortable well, jeans. Are, and what are no, those copper ones? Tone. What were those ones that had? Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like in like middle school, they had like the Jinkos, the black and white stripe on the side of it, but it, they weren't Jinkos. They're just a little bit baggier. Nice. <laughs> so little bit baggier than Jinkos. <laughs> no, a little bit baggier than standard pants. <laughs> I don't know. Starter? You guys remember <laughs> Silver might Tab? Be pipes. Free World. Those are Gabe pants. Gabe <laughs> loved those pants. Gabe, Gabe loved wearing like real baggy like Free World jeans and like big puffy Osiris shoes. I thought you called them gay pants, and I was like, nobody told me. <laughs> no, Gabe. <laughs> we should. Oh, how fucking mean would that <laughs> Those were gay pants. Like, Jesus, no Eastside. I got like, a, a weird look. I'm like, oh, like, don't want me talking about Gabe Garcia. He just exploded. Fuck like, those Gabe. are gay pants. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Whoa, hundred hey. episodes. We start to get really get to know people, know each other, don't we? I, I was talking about Gabe Garcia of <laughs> GabeGarcia.com. Yeah. We Gabe should funded. We should have those Gabe hot topics selling those bondage pants though. He oh did. no, he denies Aren't... it now. He also used to look like a wiener, like with his haircut. He looked like a dang <laughs> uncut. Thick. Cause... <laughs> oh, thick, <laughs> thick. <laughs> All right, we talked um, about wrestling. Well, first of all, you're listening to us on the Ease Drop Podcast Network. Go to ease-drop.com. Uh, check out the other shows there. Um, or you can just go to jizz.biz. Yeah, if you're nasty. It's a URL we own, Brady. Do you really? Well, the the network does, yeah. We yeah. jizz.biz. We fit, That's surprising. We fit in perfectly. Um, I have to comment, though, before we go too far on how professional, I have to put it on the podcast, how incredible this is, because the last time I did a podcast with you guys... It was in my living room? It was in your living room, and me and Isai were like fighting over a microphone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is a USB microphone yeah. plugged into a computer. Mm-hmm. Cords everywhere, dogs tripping over cords. Dogs tripping over cords, dogs barking. No, you can't dance, the dog freaks out. <laughs> yeah, only dogs that are barking are mine. Long day at the office. Long day at the office. Uh, back to our plugs. <laughs> uh, go to nothing goes down dot. smoother on a summer night than Miller Night. Sponsor us. Crumble sponsor us. Yeah, but also Kane, you, sponsor you, us. You can go to bit.ly forward slash suck your own. 
Get an Audible free trial there. Get a book. Listen to it. Become smarter. Educate yeah. yourselves. Piece listen, of shit. Hold on. Is it really suck your own? Yeah. yeah. Bit.ly yep. forward slash suck your own. We own that. <laughs> Bit.ly links are sick. You can do whatever the hell you want. No, we, yeah. Go to bit.ly forward slash WrestleBoys merch. Buy some of our merch, please. Yeah. Or bit.ly forward slash review boys. Leave us a review on an iOS device. Yeah. yeah. Wear the stuff that wear the stuff that says our name on it. Go to And if you don't, we'll fucking find you. I'll find you. Go to bit.ly slash Derek's trunk and see what's what oh, that God, is. I need to I need to I need to set that up still. I have, I shirts. To. I have shirts in my trunk. And maybe what? we might put a camera in there. That's a boy three sixteen says what? Um yeah, let's get into it. It was a big, big week. It's like the go home week for all wrestling. of wrestling. <laughs> Fuck, it's a really the weird. The season way. finale. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the, day, it's like the last day of Raw. school. It's really weird to think about like the ending of like SmackDown was like legitimately the ending of like SmackDown Live on USA, and thinking about how underwhelming that kind of was mm-hmm. is actually kind of hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What they had senioritis for being on USA, like yeah. pr- pretty hard. Yeah, they what? just cut Shane's mic right at the end of the show. <laughs> okay, right, you're done, and then like what was the stupid interview at the end? Yeah. It, who knows? We'll get into yeah, it. Explain they, it for our listeners care. or the people who didn't watch. Yeah, I said me. we'll get into it. Okay. Then what are we gonna start with? Monday well, Night Raw? Of course. That's the okay. beginning of the oh, week. It's the, it's the flagship of all of wrestling. It all is. right, quick hits. Quick hits, raw, fun, fi- uh, fatal five way. Who won? Ray Mysterio. And he's gonna be a champ. Hell it's yeah. Just like his son Walter. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild to me. Like, did anybody watch Raw? <laughs> Uh, I did. No. I watched all of Raw, but I don't. I remember very little of it. That's how it goes. I know. Huh? Um, I I liked the Fatal Five Way. They were very like whoever put it together, like knows their audience because it's like they had Shinsuke get rid of uh, Ricochet. Like they had AJ get rid of Shinsuke. They're like, hey, look, at your favorites are getting rid of your other favorites, so we're not going to be mad. Who are the other two? Bobby Roode, Robert okay. Roode, and, and Rey Mysterio. Okay. Yeah. And Rey Mysterio, like, out of nowhere at the end with Bobby Roode, just, like, was just fucking started flying. Like, he mm. was running faster than I've seen him run on his, like, fucking 30th surgery knee. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, I, I just got the new surgery. It's stuff it's stuff like that that I like. When it came down to the final two being uh, Robert Roode and Rey Mysterio, I was like, okay, fuck yeah. Like, mm. at least give me something different. Yeah, and then, like, having Rey win and being like, I'm doing this for my son, Dominic. I mean, Walter. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to get surgery on my knee before next week. Daddy, I am so happy that you won the match for me. <laughs> I love it, Daddy. Walter, his son Walter. Daddy, Walter. Daddy I love it when you do the 619. <laughs> um, I cannot I, wait to do Lucha Libre with you, father. What are you guys talking about? Uh, have you ever Dominic, noticed that Dominic Mysterio looks exactly like Walter? No. You know what? Dominic I, Guerrero. I have to say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dominic Guerrero. I've never seen him on WWTV since he was a child. So I haven't even... I haven't oh. seen him. He's like six foot three, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know Fucker. he's big. He looks like Walter. <laughs> That's hilarious. The Mexican Walter. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, but that was, I thought, actually a really fun match. Um, I thought it was kind of like... Obviously, I just like won't ricochet to win things. But it was fine. Mm. Uh, Carmella... Um, Tony, twenty four seven, twenty four seven title. Yeah. She's a she's a champion. Um, I enjoyed that. Our truth celebrated after she pinned him. <laughs> I did too. He was yeah. happy for her. They're friends. <laughs> I can't believe you guys just reviewed that. Also, um, oh, you and Isai both. You are sitting on the same side of the table for a reason. I swear, Carmelo <laughs> is a gem on our television screens on a weekly basis. Oh my god. 
I mean, right she now does, she's been pretty fun. She fun. she has one move that she can do well, <laughs> and one move that sometimes looks okay. What super kick? She can super kick. She can't super kick. She can now. She looks like me trying to do a super kick and <laughs> do it right tops. now. Do it right now. Do a super kick. Oh, oh shit! Wow. Oh shit! <laughs> no. You say is your job okay? No. no. <laughs> I protected it. What did King Corbin do? Uh, he lost to Chad Gable. He had um new Party City gear on. Uh, now he's a uh, Game of Thrones cosplayer. Hell yeah! I actually kind of like it. I like it. I like it. Good for him. I don't. I mean, it's it's nerdy well, because and dorky. Now, well, now it's just gonna end up being. Sh- like, you got last time this happened with fucking Baron Corbin. You guys were all for it for a few weeks, and then eight months later, hey, we were just like, I'm the- good at wrestle. See the thing is, um, he it's I'm your king now. He was it was good. It was good. Okay, do you remember last time he became constable and everybody's like, oh, this is funny, and then like eight months later, it's like, well, this was lasting way too long. This is what's gonna happen with this. But but, um, but now Paul Heyman's in charge, and it's not all. He's not gonna be the scapegoat for how bad Raw is. Hopefully, <laughs> and well, he's probably going to be again. And I'm not watching, maybe. so it's fun for me. Well, it's also it's it's funny because it's like. They put all the blame on him. It's like, it's your fault Ross sucked. Yeah. And then, like, we're going to still feature you as a main eventer, though. You know what's sad is there's just people, I hate to say this, there's just people in wrestling that need to be cut loose. Like, they just don't have And just given the green light to go do whatever they want, yeah, let's go with Corbin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, new universe I have a feeling that it wouldn't change. That's why the territories thrive, because those dudes, when things went wrong, it was like, okay, Gotta I'm going to move to the next place, and nobody really knows who you are. The next, He has just run his course, and it's time to go. I do feel like he's go. hit about as high as he can go, and I, it is kind of, he's one of the people that's like really baffling why they keep presenting him in that main event mm. picture, where it's like, but we don't believe that. It's weird, too, because they literally trained their audience to think he was the reason why the program was shitty. Yeah. yeah. But there's no payoff. Like, I mean, even if you had the guy at a, in a main, I don't watch i haven't watched but if you had him in a main event level program and you're oh. waiting for the baby face to beat him like who cares they yeah. did that this summer and it was bad then i mean we talked about <laughs> it was bad it was bad they they i mean we talked about this last week but they did a good job with him in this tournament like it's obvious that Heyman is booking the show like but now what do you do now that this is over like you give him a fucking party city ass costume yeah change his name to king corbin and then in nine months when it's just the fucking worst, and he's like every babyface has lost to him because everybody's fucking fifty fifty, except for Seth. And then you're just like, okay, what yeah. the fuck is and happening? They can't program him against you know like Cedric and Gable every week to make him look good. I mean, that is the thing, and they're gonna run out of people to pair him with. And it, yeah, well, that's the story of their entire. Thank you for at least admitting that. So Matt. they're gonna run out of people. How did King of the Ring work in the past? Are you just king forever? It used to get a title shot. Okay. It's like Bret Hart won it, and then he just got it like a title shot. It wasn't like he was like they didn't King remix, Hart. They didn't remix his and theme then, song with uh, with royal music. And oh, then cool. Owen Hart did it to turn heel and called himself the King of Hearts, but that's it. Like wasn't like wearing a crown. It only got to that goofy shit. Um, was it King Booker? Because uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't fucking King Lesnar. No, all the oh man, that would have been great. <laughs> wow. King King Billy Gunn, King Ass, yeah, King, King Ass, ass. <laughs> the Ass King. <laughs> I'm an Ass King. So hold on, okay, so that happened on Raw. Where are we where are we going with this? What's Just this? talking about the the fucking shit. This about is, Raw? This is a go home for wrestling. So Brady, you got something better to talk about? Well, I mean, I just 
I don't know, man. I just Raw sucks. <laughs> you didn't watch it. You don't know. I know, but that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> I read about it. It sucked. It was. It's, it's actually better than you think. Break, like, you don't get to be that bitter. You watched for a year. Yeah, it, it, it has up. gotten better like since Heyman took over. Oh for yeah, sure. like, yeah. I have is... I have watched Raw since its inception. It's since really... Leonardo DiCaprio was there. Yeah, oh, inception. It was one of those guest. Raw I will GMs. say I do like what they're doing with the authors of Pain. So they had one of their vignettes and suits again. And I like that they get to speak in their native tongue. And then they just went and beat the fuck out of two guys that you always forget are signed. The B team? Heath Slater and uh, No Way Jose. Uh oh. <laughs> Poor No Way Jose. Yeah, what the hell? Poor like, No Way like, Jose? Yeah, I mean, the guy's like, he's a big guy. He's got good size. He looks pretty cool. Handsome dude. They just kind of. Yeah. They buried him with a gimmick that he's not going to be able to live down. It's like, mm. why didn't they just keep him in NXT or just do something? No, what, the, what, they need to, mean, what they need to do is have No Way Jose come out with his Congo line, turn heel, beat all their asses. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just Adam Rose. He just needs yeah. to start over. Literally, they he just replaced... Go away for a while and start over. But yeah, he need to come yes, back as Yes, yes, way, Jose. yes way Jose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just Jose. Yeah. It's like, dude's like 6'4", isn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't look like... like I think he's also kind of peaked as a wrestler, which is sad His to say. His peak was that Austin Aries feud in NXT. That was actually good. Yeah. Which is also Baron Corbin's peak. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, Still got one of also, the best finishers um, ever, though. Um, OC versus Viking Raiders was sick. Cool. Yeah. Because it's just like War Machine versus Gals and Anderson. Yeah. So it was awesome. Uh, AJ was out there being all AJ, and then he got sent to the back, and Cedric went and um, beat him up. So... They're continuing that. So next week on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Got a new graphic. Ooh. It's a new show. Yeah. New show, new Apparently graphic. next week they're debuting fucking fire um, and lasers. Also, what? a new Skillet theme song. Oh, I made shit. a joke about Skillet yeah. on last week's episode for no reason. I am now Skillet. Did Skillet. Re- okay. Skillet is seriously doing the fucking SmackDown theme song? Yeah. Uh, Raw, I believe. I, SmackDown is ACDC because sick. Vince likes them. Me too, bro. Wait, what ACDC song? Um, that song. No, the one that's like, you told me to come and I was already there. Oh, you see, you told me to come. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Otis, should, it's just Otis singing that song. <laughs> Wait, is that a real song? Yeah, you, you told you, me to come, but I was already there. No, you shook me all night long. told me to come, but I was already there. Oh, I was already finished? Yeah, told me to come, but I was already there. It's all innuendos. ACDC, that's all their shit is, is innuendos. You shook me. Hey, that's some real thick innuendos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thick like a cop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But back to Skillet, I am the alien youth. Hell yeah. Are they still a religious band? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Skillet? Yeah. They're just yeah. a hard rocking band. So is Raw a Christian show now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Always Sting- has been, brother. Sting and Vince Russo are running <laughs> no. this. Oh, no. No. So hold up. We are going to talk about ICW, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Never. That's Never. the that's the, <laughs> we swerved you, bro. Oh yeah, I was kind of wondering if you say tricked me and it was like, all right, raw review. No, right, I didn't watch a five hour documentary for nothing. Yeah, it's only yeah. three hours. I know it's a long dog. But it was I, good. I watched that and I watched Hardcore Homecoming. And what else did I watch? A lot of stuff. I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about ECW later. Okay, yeah. and then so Raw ended and everybody was like, wow, that sucked again. And no, then... Oh, and Lacey Evans put on the worst sharpshooter ever. Didn't uh-huh. she She's get arrested or something? No, it was all uh-huh. fake, and then yeah. she was like a Blue Lives Matter asshole, so yeah. fuck yeah. her. She's like, Alan, you should never disrespect the police. Ooh. Fuck the police. Um, <laughs> Derek Bateman was on Raw. 
Oh, yeah. What EC3. Do? I got squashed by Rusev. Uh-huh. Oh, Rusev's back, by the way. Oh, yeah. and new uh, U.S. citizen. Only as took today. him 14 years. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, America. <laughs> yeah. Fucking come for me. Maybe you look at a man that's yeah, as handsome fucking as come that. On <laughs> yeah, but I was already there. So then what? Smackdown, I guess? Yeah, Smackdown. Yeah, Smackdown just went off USA with just like a farting church. Oh, you know, Smackdown, the wrestling show. Well, the I, better tell, of the you, two. You, you can tell that they're just holding off like every bit of creative they have for that move to, to Fox. For yeah, I hope that's what they're like, doing. I, I'm excited for the ladder match. I, it will be Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Ugh, it's loser leaves town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna leave write town. Yeah. yeah, Shane's out. What do you mean leaves town? They leave town every night. No, like like, they, like you like leave the territory, brother. Oh, I guess, man. No, it's like whoever... Loser is fire. Yeah, like, yeah. like the popular saying, loser leaves town, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say when I fire uh, people. Mike Canellas like, for some reason, town. was on SmackDown. Yeah. Wild cool. card. Just to lose? Yeah. <laughs> to Chad Gable? He's a jobber. Yeah, because he's a cuck. Yeah, they're still doing he's the cuck He's a cuck jobber, so... <laughs> also... Brady, did you know that, that Mike Canellas is a cuck on TV? Like, they actually portray him that way? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He, he is actually like, a cuck. Graves like, called him a cuck. Like, called a, him a beta, a beta commentary, cuck. He said cuck. He's a beta, beta cuck. cuck. He, he said those words cuck. on television. Yes. yes. He said week. he's a beta cuck. <laughs> he is oh, they introduced Rusev as the real father of Mike uh, and Maria Canales' kid. I should yeah. watch now. Yeah. yeah. He's saying cuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's a game changer. They're really opening it up. That's a lot of beef. It's such a Paul Heyman storyline because it's like, who's really the dad? Who's fucking Maria? Ricochet <laughs> said he would, but it wasn't him. Why is Mike not a man? <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the street prophets said they were worried it was them. Yeah, and then they talked about her being on the pole, and then and then Titus said that well, that's the whole that was the whole fucking problem to start with. It's like, oh my god, Titus, and now Mari's getting involved. Yeah, Mo- I love Mari Povich. Yeah, yeah he tweeted oh, about it. Big Mori. did he? Yeah, he I tweeted about Mike this being is, a cuck. This is a wrestling <laughs> wrestling aside, but like a Mori thing. Mori appreciation corner. Everybody on Mori's show like shows so much so much respect for Mori. It's like, now listen here, Mr. Mori. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I love yeah, they, it. They respect the business. I, 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 I always liked watching Mori. I never liked Jerry Springer. Hot take, no. maybe, but I fucking always thought he's he was a rude. prick. He was a prick. I liked the big, uh, bald uh, security guard. Yeah, that's right. And he got his own show. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, SmackDown um, also had Ali versus Shinsuke, which is fun. Sick. And then they just brought back Hyrie Sane and Asuka. And the Kabuki beat, Warriors. They beat uh, your favorite tag team of fire. And, and desire. desire. Good. I'm glad they beat them. Yeah. I prefer those two people to those other two people. I just like Mandy. Oh, also, you brought up the B Mandy. team. Earlier. Somebody brought up the B team earlier. Yeah. Go, they go, were go. on SmackDown. They're uh, a team still? Yeah. yeah. What? You got to have jobbers. This is the first time they've been on forever, and they just lost to the New Day in a very nothing match. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they had a weird segment with, um, what are you doing? He's I'm, just stroking his thick beer like it's a cock. <laughs> <laughs> I was wiping the dew off of it. Yeah, that's what yeah. you call it. Yeah, just like. <laughs> keep, keep telling your story. Um, they had a really weird thing. So um, Mandy Rose is in Maxim, Australia. And yeah. then like. O- Otis- I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Otis Dozovic was just like, hey, can I get a picture? <laughs> Oh, and and he was he, reading two of them at once. Yeah, and he's like, "Ooh," and Tucky's like, "Yeah." I I don't I 
he literally yells, I'm coming, like as to be like, here I come. But it's like you're staring at a Maxim magazine so with Mandy on the he cover. He also like stopped wearing a singlet and just wears like Which I, tiny I, trunks. I like. Just I like real it. Real tiny trunks. No, tiny trunks Hell and just yeah. a, a, a fucking thick like a dick body. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What brought this on? Um, I don't, this these, is an inside joke that needs to die. These headphones are really thick. And Matt was like, are they as thick? And I was just like, they're as thick as my cock. <laughs> and, then, and now we're here. <laughs> yep. So there you go, podcast listeners. It's not true. That's why we've been talking about um, girth. No, it's dead. Let's stop. It's, it's Let's done. stop. It's Double toilets or something. Double toilets back. Gravy fingies. Double toilet. Dumpster full of Pepsi. Bray Wyatt coming everywhere. Okay, Bray Wyatt, that's fine. Bray Wyatt there. make a jack. Wait, what'd you say? Bray Wyatt make E-Jack. <laughs> I heard something totally different. Oh, was it bad? Yeah. <laughs> like like bad, bad? Yeah. Uh, well, to be clear, I say I said Bray Wyatt makes E-Jack. Okay, good. <laughs> so the next thing that happened this week N. in professional wrestling X. is Raw and SmackDown got new commentators. Oh, yeah. Which is actually some weird shit. It's some real weird shit what on the Raw side. What a joke. So on the Raw side, yeah, Big Joseph, who's actually really fucking good. Is he the one? 205 and NXT UK. Okay, okay. And he did like that partial of, uh, the partial Marshall of Raw. Yeah. Those words didn't. Those words didn't mean anything to me. <laughs> Joel Palmer used to call Halfies partial Marshalls. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's really good. He's not as annoying sometimes as Tom Phillips, who just sometimes goes, oh, and you know, four hours is a long flight. Yeah, just ramming things down our throats. Yeah, Um, he's gone now, right? He's not. Apparently, they really like him, but they're just moving him for now. Okay. Tom, where's Tom? Uh, Just, he's on a four hour flight. (laughs) Oh, but did they take him off all the shows? We'll get to that. Uh, Dio Madden. Who the fuck is that? Brennan Williams. Can I still cuss? Yeah. Okay. No. No. Fuck no. No We've been fucking swearing. <laughs> big girthy. Just said big thick dicks. Yeah, but none of those were bad words. Um, oh, I, that's not I'm, how parental advisory works. Yeah, I know some. The uh, show on MTV. <laughs> I guys remember Boiling Point. That show was fun as shit. No, but uh, parental advisory is the one where the. Um, parents oh, pick out the shit. dates for the kids. Like that show you're, was dope. You're gonna, your ass is grass, so we're gonna smoke it on out of here. Meet my boy, and he comes in. Hello, I'm here to take your daughter out on a date. <laughs> like I don't like this guy. <laughs> he makes me feel less masculine. Nice shout out, Room so, Raiders. Any, shout out next. Anyways, uh, Dio Madden, the former Brennan Williams, has been doing commentary for 205 Live. He's been in NXT as a wrestler, but never debuted on TV. And Great, so, so I'm sure he's gonna have an awesome perspective. He's he's really good. He's actually really yeah. good. <clears throat> he's a gamer. Yeah, he's a true gamer. Oh, girl. just like TJP, uh-huh. just like your boy TJP, <laughs> dabbing on him. Um, and then uh, it's rounded up by uh, Hall of Famer. Oh my God. Jerry the King. God. That's a fucking move. Lawler is right back. So one of the things that I was talking about this in a group chat with Lawler is that Vince never fucks with him. Vince just like. Doesn't like overproduce him, so we're not going to hear as many really weird like JBL things talking about how Baron Corbin makes him hard or something, you know, <laughs> that you know is coming from Vince. But do you really believe that all that will stay consistent every time they make a change or a move? It seems like that first month, it's like, wow, I don't think Lawler's going to be around for very long. I don't long. think well, that's the report is that Lawler's just kind of there for right now and then they're going to go forward. How long till he says puppies? 
That's the thing. I hope never. But I, no, well, I doubt he will. <laughs> I don't think he will. But I do. His think... last run with Mauro Ronaldo on SmackDown was actually good. He was just a big jerk. He was a heel, and at the time and place with Jr., he was good. Yeah, Jerry's good. Yeah, but he's, he's a, just yeah. a real pervy guy. And yeah. that's just the thing, where especially where. I mean, he's going to be on, what, SmackDown, right? No, Raw. Raw. So I guess depending on how the the brand shakeup goes, well, I don't know. But if you have, like, the four horsewomen there with Jerry Lawler, like, hyping it up, I don't I, – I, I, I feel like that's wrong. He hasn't been that pervy recently, but there's, like, a gap in his commentary where he doesn't know what to replace pervy with. Right. Or sometimes he just doesn't say like, anything for, like, ten straight minutes. But do you yeah. think that most people – like we watch wrestling, we've watched it, but do you think people really remember like yes. what he was on TV? Uh, yes, yeah, him specifically. Yeah, remember yeah. when he like would see like Deborah and be like puppies? I know, but like that, there's not that many people watching this shit. I mean, a lot of those people quit watching. I just feel like I mean that was you got to remember. I mean that was like 20 years ago. I mean Way that was literally 20 old. years ago. Make me feel real old, there, Brady. I mean that's true. I mean, good point. I mean, I'll give him a chance. I'll give him a chance, but yeah. I hope he's good. He's just. He does. It hasn't done anything for me on commentary the last couple times. He's just, he's just there. Do you think like, this is in part because Jr. is on AEW? If it's like, oh, let's take oh, his, I, let's take, take I, his his partner and put him on. I our think, show I here. think at least somewhat. Yeah, like, maybe. Oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah, like trying to get like win those old fans over. Like, oh, Jerry, yeah. Jerry Lawler's here. I just think oh, it, big, like, big oh, that guy, that guy <laughs> from Man on the Moon. <laughs> it's just been. It's been so long, and I mean, really, honestly, the commentators, it all, they have such a way of doing things. Yeah. It's almost like they're all replaceable. It really, you know, at the end of the day, unless it was Morrow, right? Then what would you really, what are you really going to notice about it? I don't know. Yeah. Especially if it's Beth and Renee, because they sound exactly the same. That's, oh my God. So exactly true. the same. That would, that would be hard if they were on the same show. But they were. Renee, it was the May Young Classic, remember? Oh, oh that yeah. is true. But Beth is. Terrible. She's getting a lot better. I, I think Beth is getting a lot better in NXT right now, but currently, currently. In Have the, you been watching NXT? Kinda. Shit, that's good. I watch the takeovers. I yeah. always watch the takeovers. Um, SmackDown is Cole and Graves. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's all you have to say about that. Yeah. yeah. Is it just those two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They I, went down to two for SmackDown. I think Fox with, gets a lot more say in a lot of shit. Yeah, good. Yeah, that the, might actually make that with, okay. Yeah, they're Renee the Young now. as a special correspondent, and, and then she's going to take over potentially the CM Punk. Show. Yeah, CM Punk <laughs> uh, so confirmed. Mike Johnson of Dirt Sheet fame. Um, oh my god, said that uh, CM Punk had an audition for the uh, Fox Sports Studio show for did, WWE and did some like test footage. Yeah, called WWE Backstage. Whoa, good name. That's bizarre. So um, it might be Punk, well, and, Punk mean, and Renee. If on you a, take a look at his Starcast comments, which were Oddly political. Yep. Which was like, I'll talk to them. So this guy ran out of money or what? Yeah, yeah. of course he did. He ran out of money. Comic, How? Mm-hmm. Comic books isn't uh, a good lawsuits. industry. Yeah, that would do it. Legal Loss, fees. Legal fees. But still, even Regal if the dude fees. made like $20 million. You gotta pay William Regal. Yeah, got to pay owes, me. He owes him for something. We got don't to pay know. me to piss in my tea. <laughs> no, but I mean, did he make $20 million? I don't think so. There's no way he made $20 million. I mean, Remember on Cabana's course, podcast, he's like, yeah, they paid me like a million dollars. Should have paid me ten. Well, yeah, he's just saying for the year. No, but also, I mean, it's not like he lives in a very cheap neighborhood in Chicago. I've been to that neighborhood. Well, he's not driving a Maserati. No, but I've been to that neighborhood, and that's fucking expensive over there. He had to. He had I to have gotten by a his piece house. of the draw in his first fight. How did you know it was his house? Uh, Jenna told me. <laughs> <laughs> that's lame, punk. 
You're fucking. You're such a sellout. That's lame. <laughs> well, apparently it was to be. Con- You'd watch it. Contracted through Fox and not necessarily WWE. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him back at yeah. some point. Him and Stone Cold WrestleMania 37. Stone Cold did say that he's like, you know, theoretically, I could have another match. My back feels good. My knees are good. This is the first time he's ever been so open I, to it. I guess in theory, you know, if you have a good opponent, I I could have another match. Hell yeah. If I could have some of that Saudi money. Well, I got a lot left in the tank. But Saudi. not a lot left in the bank account. <laughs> hey, if I take a piss, is it? Yeah, go take it? a piss. Well, just do it in your okay. pants. Do it in your pants. I did a little bit. We'll keep talking about shit you don't care about. Perfect. Yeah, let's All right, talk- so ECW. <laughs> He's gone ECW um, on sci-fi. Yeah, I think that um, the commentary... It's weird. They're viewing Fox as the A-show now. Or, I mean, SmackDown. Well, they have to. Mm. Yeah. It's network TV. It is more money than USA. Mm-hmm. And USA also needs to be a little afraid and make sure like they're keeping them happy, too, because it's USA's like two top-rated shows now. Or like the wrestling because now Suits is gone. Suits the, is gone. The, the, the series finale of Suits drew less than NXT this week. Jesus, the series finale of a show that's ran for nine fucking years. Also, Suits has <laughs> ran for nine fucking years. Just take that in. <laughs> drink it. In. Just drink it in, man. Like it's a nice cold Miller Lite. Miller Lite, Ooh, man. Gone they, too soon. And they lost the Chrisleys. USA is going downhill. No, they really like, so like like there used to be some shows that would get them ratings. Franklin and Bash. That was on TNT. Oh. That's why they brought AEW to okay. get the Franklin Bash numbers back. Um, but now they don't have anything. Like, where TNT and TBS have sports. Yeah, yeah. We have baseball and basketball, respectively. Yeah. USA's got shit. Yeah, gone are the days of Psych. They, gone they, are the days of Burn Notice and Monk. Just reruns of Law & Order SVU. They really so just have many. that. And then what's the other one? They have NCIS. Is that the one with the, oh, the, what, the, the hacker the, girl? The, the NCIS well, is she's like one the, of the, characters. the Navy one. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, because they have the one with the hacker girl. That's like CSI I internet. Her, it's I, CSI JAG. I always send Victor pictures of her because he always makes fun of people who are hackers, and they just like... Click loudly on it, like, oh, I'm in. Click it, oh, oh, no. Check the wall. Check the mainframe. Hackertyper.com is a wonderful website if you ever yeah. want to feel like that. And so um, they need WWE more than WWE right now needs yeah. them. And so, yeah, they don't give a f- They got no say, whereas Fox doesn't need them. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're doing a live draft. Yeah, so they're doing the when draft. When is that? So it is the, the second. second SmackDown shows when it starts. And they're make, trying to make it like the NFL draft, like I was telling ding, you guys. Ding, 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 ding. I go, you need to oh, bring that noise in. They is really it, do. Is it have... a serpentine draft? Well, I mean. No, that's it, not how real drafts work either. What? Well, it's like there's only two participants. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I guess you can't really do it that way then. Um, But they're trying to make it like the NFL draft, which is a lot of, uh, you know, just fucking pyro and ballyhoo, you know, the. Podcast they should, out, so they, they should bring out Roger Goodell to get they, food. Yeah, and the people what him? Man, fuck Roger Goodell. Yeah, guy I don't know. Uh, yeah, come fuck you, for the NFL. Roger. Yeah, oh. Roger. Nice name, Rog. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yeah. So they're okay. So they're doing a draft. You say right? Yes. Yeah. And they're trying to make it like the NFL draft. Okay, but they're doing a draft, right? Okay, so they got this SmackDown show that needs to be top loaded because it's going to be you know it's on Fox. It's the show. It's for the yeah. yeah. It's for the obvious reasons. So, isn't there some transparency in a draft for a show that needs to have more stars? Why would they even bother? Why wouldn't they just say anybody can be anywhere? 
Because the draft shows rate higher than normal shows. Yeah, they 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 draw way more. Right, ratings. but shouldn't the shouldn't the inaugural show rule. be enough of a draw if you have certain people on it? So that's the, the second show's the draft show. The second show's the yeah. draft yeah. show. The first so show have, was going to have like Kofi st- versus Brock. I just find it. it odd that they would want. I mean, I know that at the end of the day, a lot of times they just do whatever they want and they don't stick to their rules. But like, you need don't you need some flexibility to get so, people on the shows? Why would you Why would you book yourself into a corner? Because each network kind of wants their own thing, especially Fox, and they're a little bit more beholden to Fox right now because Fox is kind of holding a lot of money from them and just being like, "Hey, that's Fox, We're like paying you a billion dollars for this show." This is a real network now, motherfuckers. We have actual shows, not just fucking suits. You're in you're in our house. You play by our rules, motherfucker. Do you yeah. think it's been a bit underplayed to that 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 Friday night time slot? Just the fact that it's Friday, not traditionally like the best best night for programming like that. I feel with wrestling fans, we'll just go to whatever. And with it being on network TV, I think it'll be fine. Okay, I just I, I don't think know. it's gonna do way better Friday. numbers than it did on on USA. Just. And the fact that you're not getting like burnout, like if it's a pay per view weekend, let's say, yeah, like take over pay per view, Raw, SmackDown comes in, like fuck wrestling, yeah. Well, everybody else except for me, sure. Uh, and there's not any other real big wrestling programs. I mean, well, in general, but I mean on network television, yeah. So I mean, so. The, wrestling fans are probably going to flock to it. Yeah, uh, is it? What did I I watched some, Ring of Honor is on like syndicated like Yeah. It's on a show at I saw at a bar once. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, don't know I, what guess, channel I guess I stand corrected. Yeah. I've also seen Ring of Honor like on, on at a bar multiple times. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> then cool. I saw Matt Taven and I told him to change it. Yeah. So can we talk can, about can Matt can Taven? Can we put on an impact rerun? <laughs> we'll talk about we'll do a deep dive on Matt Taven next no, week. No, I want to talk about Matt Taven no. right now because there was a report coming out that like whom whom is that? Matt the Ring of Honor Ring, World Ring of Champion. Champion. Oh yeah, obviously. The report was it's like oh Matt Taven's getting a real big offer from Ring of Honor right now, and we, like it's way more than what NXT and everybody else pay him. Like why the fuck are they wasting their money? I'm I Matt saw, fucking Taven. I was watching a Botchamania last night from a I think it was a Ring of Honor house show. Maybe it was a TV taping, but I mean to see how many empty seats are in that lower bowl mm-hmm. is just. There was a Ring of Honor yeah. taping a while ago that had like 300 tickets sold in oh like a 4,000 person like arena. It's like they literally like couldn't put people around like hard cam enough to make it like look full. Oh, yeah. yikes. That's just crazy. A company that had all those guys at one point and still have all that money behind it. Right. And they had their chance where they could have locked those guys in and tried to make them a real good offer. And they just dropped the ball. The fuck is that? I think was just blowing his nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, that was like that sounded scary. <laughs> the mic's definitely well, picked like, that up. He's in the other room, especially like with, with like the echo. Of it. I thought he was taking a fucking. <laughs> I shit. hope to God that gets picked up on the mics because oh that God. was the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life. Dude, <laughs> Oster, we heard that. That was unsettling sounding. I thought you were blowing ass. <laughs> Are you okay? It got picked up by the mics. <laughs> we got scared. Yeah, I heard it on their earphone. Oh, I blew my. I just blew my nose. I'm fine. Holy he shit! Did you blow your brain, brain out? Jeez. No, he blew his load. Man. I'm congested. Oh. Uh, oh, 
Hell yeah, man. He blew his load, man. I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable about it, but I thought you were taking a <laughs> fucking shit next to me. We all got scared. No. Man, I was really confused. I thought like somebody wandered into the studio. It's like, Aah! or an elephant. I'm like, am I the only one who hears this? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what. No, you got me. a you got a powerful nose blow, and I think you should be prey out of that. Powerful schnellos. Uh I don't give a shit about Ring of Honor. And I like and I want Dalton to. Castle, and I like Brody King, and I like Marty Scrow. It's like I really mm. like those guys, and it's like PCO is cool. I like Kenny King. He's on The Bachelorette. I really don't like Kenny King that much. To be I honest. really don't. I like him as a person. Shane I don't like Taylor's, him as a wrestler. Like, you know what's bad when Shane Taylor's fucking leaving? Oh God, really? Yeah. Like I like Bandito. There's like there's people there I like, but Jesus Christ, it's a bad company. Yeah, it's like when you put all your fucking chips in Matt, on Matt Taven, and then like you're gonna like triple his pay. You know what? You deserve everything you're getting. Yeah, that yeah. was the egg they laid. And you know, MSG. That was my last last straw with and you know like that when they finally decide to go a different direction the direction's just gonna be fucking Jay Lethal just, just like go back to old the reliable. most boring thing you could possibly do well or Jay maybe you can do black machismo stuff again that was cool yeah when he did that at all in that awesome was sick. that was sick yeah Ooh, Isn't yeah, that crazy brother. that those same people in a Black different in a different context was so much more interesting mm. than their own program? Well, it's like they booked Flip Gordon better on being the elite than Flip Gordon's been booked since now he joined Villain Enterprises for really no reason. Yeah. Remember his like six month feud with fucking Bully Ray? Why was that a thing? Why why is Bully Ray still a thing in twenty nineteen? Why is the fucking allure a thing? Yeah. I'm mad now. Ugh. Yeah, why are we Put talking about, 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 well, talk about NXT is good times? Okay, let's talk about NXT. Good times. So I went down to the local bar and grill and I surprised a bunch of fans. What? Okay. Triple H actually showed up like at a restaurant, like a bar. A, like a bar and Did grill. anybody even recognize him? Yeah, yeah they're all like it was the like fans. a huge table full of fans yeah. from the taping. A lot of yeah. a lot of oh, fans so they okay. Whatever. A lot of fans were complaining at PWG to Uncle Meltz that it's not the same. The fans don't eat at the food trucks with us anymore. They were all crying about it. And so Triple H went and surprised them at the ale house that they usually hang out at after the tapings. Yeah. That, also, like, God. the show, like, to me, like, I like the feel of the NXT show right now better. It's, it's, I do too. It's intimate. Uh, I I think they have everything felt feel more uh, like legitimate. They built the undisputed era of balcony. Wait, NXT compared to what? How it used to be? I just like the the way they they're, they're filming it a little bit different. They the way they change the set, like the way the the camera work, just like little changes. They don't I focus like on the fans nearly as much. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wondered. I've talked to you about this, but since with NXT getting this way more prominent role. And we all know. I mean, we watch it, and the wrestling is far and away a cut and above. Oh, yeah. Roster they did a fucking second-rope Canadian Destroyer with Keith Lee right. and Donovan Dijak. Which week. was fucking crazy. But it's, it just makes me wonder sometimes with that kind of spotlight on that show and that kind of wrestling and that kind of storytelling, if it completely exposes the other two shows. The fans don't care. And that's the thing, like who it's attracting. Like I bet little kids well, the, probably wouldn't be as well, right. into NXT. Well, if anything, you think they like you see people flying around doing really cool shit. Like that kind of gets you a little bit more into it. Like a mm-hmm. bunch of flips and turns. 
People don't care right now because NXT has been kind of its own little hidden thing on the network. Right. And it takes months. To, I mean, it takes maybe a year. You have to be a fan to find it. Whereas now it's on a TV network, you don't have to be a fan to find it. Mm-hmm. If you're just like a wrestling fan, you're like, oh, oh, WWE's on tonight. What's happening? You go to there and you're like, what the fuck? Why is this like 320 pound guy and this like 280 pound guy doing a giant fucking flipping move off the ropes? Good Lord. Yeah, what is I, happening? I don't think it's like crazy to say that. NXT could beat one of those shows I, in I ratings eventually. I bet eventually. it could surpass Raw in within the year or next year. But like when Aleister Black and Ricochet went to the main roster, I looked at the comments. WWE fans hated them. Right, right. Well, but that's they in, didn't. They didn't know. No, they didn't like their style. They that's said they were their, that context. They yeah, and so like I don't think mainstream fans give a shit. Well, no, it's because the mainstream fans haven't been like essentially exposed trained. to it, and that's a Ma- thing. Mainstream fans want Corbin. They don't. I even that. Yeah, they don't even want him. No, um, you. You have to train your audience. Yeah. And it takes a while to train your audience. Seth Rollins, people like Seth Rollins was that, you know, five, six years ago. People are used to him now. Not the next evolution in that indie style move moving towards the Well, it's because like before style. you had like the punk and Brian. Right. Well, and then it's you the way like the Rollins and like it's the way you present them too. That's why I always complain when they don't go with a guy immediately. Because like think about like Kevin Owens. Like the style of wrestling he kind of brings to the table, you know, that's not typical WWE style. And the way that they put him straight to the top when they debuted him, I mean, look at him. I mean, people like the guy. And, you know, they're used to him now. But it's just like with Raw, like when Raw was battling Nitro and Raw was trash, but they had a better show, but people weren't watching them. It just takes a while. And then once it gets some momentum and people start to catch on all of a sudden then Rob is mm. destroying Nitro. I bet mm-hmm. those same people that didn't like Ricochet when he first debuted love Ricochet. Oh now. yeah, of like, course. They've gotten used to it and mm-hmm. think it's cool. And like they know like, oh, he's a, he's a guy. He's, he's a guy that matters. Right. You have to, and he's not like no offense, but he's, he's not Apollo Crews. Right. The company gets behind the guy and it makes him legitimate and then people accept it. Yeah. Wow. It's all about training your fans. Yeah. And it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight, but I just, Sometimes I think if that wrestling was presented in that kind of light as legitimate, not their network show, not their developmental, that maybe at some point people would be like, you know what, this is better. And I think by having it on the USA Network and all that, like it does. Yeah, it legitimizes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if you don't have, let's say, like an Adam Cole stand next to a Baron Corbin, you have him next to a Johnny Gargano, you don't realize that these guys are like five foot eight. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But these guys are going to get the rub too. I mean, they're not going to let get these the fucking guys rub, brother. They're not going to let NXT run, run against me, AEW without a little help. Rub a dub dub, yeah, we wowie. Mm-hmm. Especially if AEW comes out with like seven hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, they're going to want to quell, you know, like stomp that out immediately. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why they're doing a pre-show next week. Oh, oh limited commercial interruption. Limited commercial interruption uh, and Buck Wild title matches. Yeah. Like... So let's get into the NXT show that just happened. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Oh my god, Let's we haven't even talk yet. about Keith Lee versus Donovan Don, Don Dijon. It was wild. So they had their PWG match where they just do every move. Did they do everything? They did a second rope Canadian destroyer. And then they each did a moonsault. Yeah. And then they no sold the moonsault. And which he, was and he also pounced Don Dijon out of the ring. <laughs> they just <laughs> like you see Keith Lee doing like a fucking tope. Like you see Oh yeah, he did a tornillo out yeah, of the ring. He did a tornillo. <laughs> you have fucking um Homeboy do the Fosbury flop dive. Like, you have all this shit happening, and six foot five or whatever, 
Donovan Dijak and Keith Lee, who's like 6'2", but like 320 pounds. It's unreal seeing these yeah. guys move. And that's how they open the show. They're just like, here you go. This is what we've got. Then they had Dakota Kai versus... Who the hell did she fight? Uh, Tanara. Yeah, Tanara Conti. And just a match to just showcase, hey, Dakota Kai's back. Team kick. Team kick. The fake team. But she's good. I mean, she's good. I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she's healed up. Yeah. Got uh, that Got that stone cold knee brace now. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like almost everybody has that because Tommaso has one. Bobby Fish. Her, like, that's just Shane Thorne. Mm-hmm. Me. I'm wearing one, too. I actually had a knee brace for a while. Yeah. So. Nice. That was great. Um. Cameron Grimes was the. I actually didn't even see this. So apparently, yeah, I watched um, the Hulu edit. Uh, Hulu, Hulu has an edit for NXT now that it's cut down to an hour. Oh, which what? I did not realize because I thought, oh, I'm only getting the first hour, and then I didn't have time to watch, like, go watch the second hour of it. But then I listened to a recap, and it's like it was a mixture of the two hours. That's so weird. That yeah. is super weird. So Trevor Lee beat Raul Mendoza. So I think they're really trying to go with Trevor Lee for something. I mean, TNA, mean Cameron Grimes, TNA, yeah. TNA superstar, TNA superstar Trevor Lee. Trevor Lee. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't get. I, 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 I really don't get his fucking gimmick, and I don't understand it because he wears that vest and has that top hat, but then like it doesn't weird... make any sense. Yeah. Oh, that was so weird. I like him in the ring a lot. Yeah, the gimmick's weird. I, I, he's so good in the ring. I liked him better when he was just like some weird, just generic guy before he was like that, Burning Man. Well, guy. like in PWG, <laughs> like when he just showed up randomly and then just like beat Kevin Owens. He beat like all these top guys. You're like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And then like he was just made from there. Yeah. Then he was TNA superstar. Simple booking. It was great. Remember when we saw him? We saw him fight fucking Hiromu Takahashi when he saw Kama Itachi. No, no, that was Cedric Alexander. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, it was Trevor Lee versus Kamatachi. No, no, no. Cedric Alexander fought Mark Haskins. You saw Mark Haskins, by the way. No. Yeah. Ring Hold of up. Honor superstar Mark Haskins. <laughs> superstar. You Mark talk Haskins. about so. I'm looking at this. Okay, and then the main event of the first hour was uh, Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle in a street fight again. Yeah. The least street fight, street fight I've seen in a minute, but it was a good match. I liked the fact that it wasn't a street fighty. It's like you kind of already had that, but they can't go back in rules yeah. because it doesn't make sense for like a fight. But they went out there and fought and everything. <laughs> oh, it's just blowing his nose again. <laughs> and then like they go in there, and Matt Riddle does such a good job of just like taking a fucking beating and then just like firing the fuck up. Because mm. like he fucking fired up on him after those Vader bombs, hit that fucking power bomb on Killian Dane, who's massive. And then he did the knee strike to the fucking chair, which hurt him yeah. Yeah. way more than it hurt Killian Dane. And then, like, this fucking made him tap out with the... Uh, with the Fujiwara Fuji armbar. Yeah, which Not is even so, his normal finisher. And then Adam Cole came in, and then he put him in the Fujiwara armbar. And uh, Diana Prazzo allegedly like, broke, what? broke his arm. That's the gimmick right now going yeah. into next week. What if we're gonna have some title changes next week? I I was thinking that too. I think it. I like the idea of the undisputed era finally gets dripping in gold, and then their leader loses his title. Dripping, sopping, just moist in gold. Just a bunch of gold. gold. Just a bunch of golden dew. Uh, and then I like the I idea. Of, gold. I like the idea of their leader losing his. And yeah. Then, uh, and with Matt Riddle being champ, would be crazy. I also kind of wonder. I've been thinking ever since that weird Twitter thing. I'm like, is Matt Riddle like not liked? I think that some people, I think he's just like, I very, could, I could see him being very 
too cool for school. I don't think it's necessarily too cool for school. I think he's too school for cool. <laughs> he's oh, too school damn. for. No, I, I just think Flip he it just reverse it. He just like fucking just says whatever the hell comes to his mind. Yeah, and so the like weed has broken his brain because like he posted that giant. Yeah. There's like a quote Dana White said this week. Uh. He just posted this long rant about it. Where Dana White's like, no, I'm happy that Matt Riddle's doing well, and I don't. No, he's I don't, not. He's like, I don't wish him any harm and everything, and blah 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 blah. Matt Riddle's just like, no. Fuck I know that. he hates me, and that's fine. It's like, yeah, no fucking. Like, of course I fucking hate you. Like, you fired me on a four fight winning streak because I spoke my mind, called me a loser on national TV, and tried to bury me every step of the way. Pretty obvious why. Yeah. Marijuana. Yeah, we Dana, but uh, Matt uh, Matt Riddle won. And is going to fight Adam Cole next week for the NXT World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, it's going to be sick. Um, and then second hour, you had, uh, was it Ever? 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 Rise? Ever? Ever, Ever Rise? What, what were they called? I don't even remember. It was uh, the, the, the team formerly known as 3.0. A team that was on TV a month ago under a different gimmick. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember this. Um, they're the Fleur de Lis guys who a month ago hugged each other a lot, and then this time it's a totally different gimmick. Huh. Yeah, they're called Everrise. I was right. It's um, they're the former 3.0 Chikara IWS, and they fought uh, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. And I just really like both those guys because yeah. Oni Lorkin is just out of his fucking gourd. So was Danny injured? Is that the thing why he was gone for so long? Uh, I think I don't know. Or they just wanted to give Oni sort of his little moments. Give him his little rubs. I like that. Well, because also, like, Oni and Danny fought on uh, 205 Live against Gulak and Nice, and I thought that was really good. Okay. And then also on 205, just to bring back Angel Garza and Virtual Carrillo had a great fucking match. Cousin Uh, fight. Handsome boy. Handsome cousin fight. uh, Handsome cousin fight. It was a really handsome fight. And also, the gimmick of taking off the pants is still the funniest thing. Yeah, he, yeah, he. Oh yeah, he man, picked, he, totally took it from Tai Chi and made it somehow even better than how Tai Chi does it. Yeah, I fucking so good. Hate tai love Chi Tai so Chi. Much. <laughs> Eastside loves Tai Chi. Eastside does love Tai Chi. He texted us that earlier. Yeah, he's like, guys, I'm gonna kayfabe it on the show, but he's I like, love Tai Chi. He's like, I life. think everyone believes the gimmick when I say I, that my favorite wrestler, Tai Chi, is actually my least favorite wrestler. <laughs> um, I can't remember what else happened because, like, my I, I have bad brain today. So the the main event was Imperium versus Kushida and two mystery partners. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. This is very good. The uh, most Taguchi Japan ass NXT team possible. Breezango. I love their new like seventies like buddy cup movie theme. I do as it's well. The best, and I I like their like we wear dark clothes now because we're not as funny as we used to be. Mm-hmm. It's like they're kind of a gimmick, but like they're kind of serious. And they're also just very good wrestlers. Yes, yes, they are. And it, it was fun seeing like Kushida in the Fashion Police. <laughs> Him doing that dance was very good. Yeah, Kushida being in on the gimmick was he, great. He belongs with like with them. Like it's very good. But I can't fucking wait for next week when Kushida goes up against Rey Walter. Mysterio's son. Walter versus Kushida is a match like you never thought about ever. Why then, would you? And now you're like, oh, I can't fucking wait. I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Like, I am throbbing right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. I, so I, I'm in a, I don't know. I, I'm going to watch AEW live because it's their first show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and watch NXT. But going forward, I don't know. I know I, mean, I said a few weeks ago that I was all in for AEW, but I don't. Huh. Yeah. Why don't you but, just flip back and forth? That's what I'm going to do. 
Because it's I hard to cable, do that when you, you don't change? watch wrestling. I'm going to watch Impact Live, but uh-huh. nothing else. I'm well, going to go watch. Are they moving to Tuesdays again? <laughs> yeah, they're it's smart. Good for them. Yeah, that's a smart move. I'm going to go back and watch. I'm going to go back and watch a bunch of Sunday Night Heat every week. Oh, hell yeah. That's a good show. Uh, I'm going to be watching uh, both. Um, Sunday Night Heat. NXT this week. I just ha- I mean, so much more important stuff's happening. Yeah. Because, like, no offense to Cody versus Sammy Guevara, but I don't give a fuck <laughs> about Cody versus Sammy Guevara. I, I hate like Sammy Guevara. His fucking face makes me want to hit him. You don't like the panda stuff? No, fuck him. <laughs> Dude, you don't like the Fortnite, the wrestler? You don't like That's him? That's what he makes me think of. You I can me... see that. Uh, I think that. I see that, too. When Ricochet was talking about like somebody just needs to beat him up, I agreed with him wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so next week on NXT, we have... The so t- many matches. Street Profits versus Undisputed Era for the tag straps. You have... Um, Candice LeRae versus Shayna Baszler for the women's title. Hell I think yeah. it's changing there. I think that one's changing. And then you have uh, Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole for the fucking NXT world title. Is Adam retaining or is Matt Riddle going to beat him? I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Riddle wins. Oh, nah. It makes sense Cole's to have him. Hit- I don't think so. On Fox? It's, well, on, a, it's on USA. USA. It's oh, on yeah. USA, but I, I think they're going to keep everything the same, but Cole will lose his title. And it's going to make it a, a so weird I, dynamic. I think Candace is going to win. I think just... Candace is winning. Candace is going to win. I think so, too. Uh, Kushida... Wait, you just said you think everything's going to stay the same. No, no, in Undisputed. I think Undisputed oh. is all going to keep their belts except for Cole. Uh, what, I think... they, what they should do with that whole thing to go off that is you have Cole lose and then Roddy's like outs, like outs him. Because Adam Cole can be popular. Like Adam Cole is... On the cusp of being one of the most popular people, and he's on. Oh, yeah, I'm not, he's on the cusp for sure, man. Yeah. It's edging. I, I, I've never seen he's Adam not retiring. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> twice. Uh, I'm a. I'm. I'm not used to. I haven't seen a lot of Adam Cole's like uh, earlier stuff, so I don't know how he works as a baby face. I'm sure. Well, he just makes out with Mia Yim and CZW. Okay, I'm sure he's great just at a it. Fat piece of shit wearing rib tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that paunchy dad bod of Adam Cole. <laughs> But no, um, just because like how popular he is already, just imagine if like you don't necessarily change a character too much of who he is, just like change who he faces a little bit more. Yeah, and then you can fucking sell a couple more t-shirts. He gets a couple more bucks in his pocket. It's that game cave going, dude. It's gonna be like an. It's gonna be a takeover level episode of NXT. Oh yeah, they have a fucking sure. pre-show for an episode of a TV show. So that's fucking wild. So we're so obviously next week on on Wednesday is the premiere of Wednesday Night Dynamite. Yeah, uh, for AEW and All Elite Wrestling so Dynamite. Here where we are, NXT airs at six p.m. Is AEW on a similar time slot? I think six yeah, p.m. Same time. Really? Well, that's WWE that they're doing it on purpose. It's eight p.m. Mm. Eastern. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So AEW, yeah. Dynamite. Dynamite, so, first show next week. So exciting. Yeah, so it's, I guess, all librarians. It's a paradigm shift. It's, it's just librarians. It's just librarians for two hours. Sammy Guevara. <laughs> you see yeah. that? It's a paradigm and, shift. Oh, and the Dark Order. Oh. Just evil. The team people love. Just standing there. Um. Yeah, let's go down this card real quick. Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Barn mm. burner mm. of a match we already said we don't care about. But yeah, I really I, don't care about it. Brady, what are your thoughts on this match? I think every, I, every time you see Cody on a card, you think, oh, man, Cody, you know, he's he's good, but it's not going to overwhelm you, and every time he delivers. So. so what do you think of the sentiment that he's Triple H? He uh, is Triple H. In what way? He is a just above average worker. 
that with all the right bells smoke and whistles, and bells and whistles, smoke and mirrors, he presents himself way more than he should. Like as far as with all the talent around him, as well as now he is an executive position, and also he gets all the entrances, all the yeah. everything. Yeah, he does get the but the fun entrances. That's fine, he? but look out, look at the production. I mean, it looks like it's working. I mean, every time. I mean, no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm just saying like. I think one yeah, of the reasons I see he the takes a lot of yeah. shots at Triple H is because he is Triple H. Mm-hmm. Sure, but yeah, okay. No, I see what you're saying. Especially because like when Triple H's best friend is like known as like one of the best ever to do it. But and, I'm sure that that's also to the point where you know because I think Cody takes some of that personally the way they the way they treated him and they booked. I'm telling you, I always say when he did that moonsault when Cody was still in WWE, did that moonsault off the cage or whatever. And Road Dog just didn't catch him? Right, right. But it was like that moment, it was like, holy shit, like this guy has something. And they proceeded to make him stardust. Uh, and he just couldn't run with it. Right. Well, I just, <laughs> but I just, I think he probably takes a lot of a lot of that stuff personally. And yeah, so maybe he is doing a lot of Triple H stuff, but he's probably just trying Ooh, to prove and actually something. with Triple H too, here's another comparison I, mean, I, I just talking. thought of right now. He just kind of like, Moses his way on with the click. Kevin Steen's the one that told the Bucks to take care of Cody. And they they just end up with like the group that's kind of run in certain areas. The next thing you know, they have all this power. Yeah. God, they, the new click. But that's the super click. Super click. Oh, super click party. Um I know. I I I think Cody does do a lot of those stunts as well to generate buzz. I think he's very smart I think he's, in the way he does all I of I think his. he's self-aware that he's Triple H. But he like, also, I think he also knows too that, you know, they're trying to present an alternative. You know, you've got like all these really ultra-athletic wrestlers. They're re- trying to wrestle a style that the WWE main roster can't touch. And NXT, obviously, because those are the same guys. I mean, let's get real. You know, it's just, those are indie guys from that same era. And oh, yeah. I think Cody realizes that he's got to be that guy on the card that's different from what's different. So what's funny about all this Cody talk is Cody is not the reason I don't, I don't care about this match. I don't fucking like Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. I just I just wanted to bring but up hey, to Brady but the that's Triple H, yeah. Triple H Cody because like to me they are one and the same. Mm-hmm. If you get Triple H like 15 years ago and Cody right now, just imagine the fucking like like. 80 minute just fucking smoke and mirrors flair coming in arn coming in so MJF much fucking is there. so much HBK juice hits a fucking super kick mm. like but cody's the, the dog comes and takes the sledgehammer away yeah. <laughs> i don't know i don't know i see what you're saying i totally get it I, I like watching cody's matches more than yeah, i ever like triple I h's matches say, i didn't want to be the first one to say that <laughs> that's how i feel too i like watching triple h talk more than i like watching cody sure talk. sure he doesn't have a lisp and he's just like, I like the hey, list. Cody's very, had some, he's Cody's very had some, captivating. Triple H? Yeah. Cody's had some pretty big speeches, though, and when, in some of these shows. And yeah. I like when Triple H sings Frozen. It's cute. I cringe a little bit every time I see Triple H open an NXT show with a big speech. It's kind of like, Are dude, you ready? like you're really trying to right the wrongs that <laughs> all those crimes you committed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easy there, CM. Well, it's just that's the thing, though. It's like this dude, like, single handedly almost ended like a company. He, wait, come on. But no, seriously, no, he, Derek, it's oh, Derek rolling the dice. We're not saying no, that you're jerking off. But seriously, he, he goes and he runs through everybody. They don't, <laughs> they don't sign a single guy. They have nowhere to find talent. This dude killed them all. And now all of a sudden he's like, well, you know, 
I care about the young guys. Yeah. Well, no, well, I, I've brought this up before is the reason why NXT gets all this, all his concern. And like, he like is now trying to put out for all these young guys. It's because now it's a reflection of him and his ego. Like he, that is now him. So he isn't in the ring now. So he has to put over his guys. This is my system. This is my company. This is my thing. Yeah. Look how much better I am than all of you. Also, maybe he just likes to play fucking, maybe he's just like an e-fed booker and like he has the money to make it come to life. And it's his father's ring. <laughs> but anyway, I don't like Sammy Guevara. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do want to say, though, before we get to the meat of it, is this week really is probably the biggest week of pro wrestling. I agree with that for sure. It's wild years. that it's all happening it's at the same time. Shift. I mean, we haven't said anything about Impact, but I mean, they've Moving got that. Tuesday. Yeah, they, but they've got, I mean, think about that, though. They have I mean, what, you Tessa have, Blanchard? Sammy Callahan? Hey, there's... Four huh. John Morrison shows oh, wait. on Not John Morrison anymore. No, they have a yeah. It's truly incredible. Like what I mean, just thinking like over the last like two or three years. I mean, it's insane mm. how much everything's changed. There's so much more of like a market for professional wrestling right now than there there has been in the last few years well, since we started doing well, this podcast. Think, think about it. Who us three just started watching again recently? Yeah, pretty much. Like, well, and I just started watching. Like, it's. There's a lot of people who are mm. like that, like yeah, lapsed fans I, and new fans. Yeah, I started watching again after like 11 years off, you know, like just a few mm. years ago. You're, so. you're a different type of fan because <laughs> you didn't come in when everybody else did. You came in after. It's <laughs> true. I came in during Ruthless, Ruthless Aggression, Aggression era. era SmackDown. And that's where I, I quit for a while. Oh, I was so good, though, like those couple years <sighs> on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm sure. But then Redacted just had to go do redacted things. Oh, yeah. Boy. Also, JBL was champion for a year. Yeah. That's where I kind of tuned out. Because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Um, The AEW Women's Championship, Nyla Rose versus Riho. I'm super, super interested in seeing how this match plays out. I love it's, a David and Goliath story. I Nyla do. Rose oh. just said some real sus shit on. Yeah, that wasn't great. She, oh, no she way. She apologized. Yeah, right, but well, it still wasn't. She... I so like I get being you know just real tired of people being shitty to you online, but you she made a comparison basically saying like oh like are you basically made like a like molestation joke about yeah. someone who's being shitty to her like saying mm. like did you know that because your dad touched you uh, not in a yeah, bad place basically it was... like it's I think she you know should give her some like you know, leeway that she deals with shit constantly, but that's still just bad. You, you don't fight fire thing. with fire yeah, in that. If thing. you're, if you're in the limelight and you're being pushed like, because of, they're pushing her partially because of who she is uh-huh. it, because which, they're, which is, they're bragging about being inclusive, which, you know, it, that's, it's pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, like it's, that's, marketing. Yeah. <laughs> it's marketing. It's pro wrestling. That's totally fine. Like she's also like very unique in yeah, women's yeah. wrestling. Um, but so like that is a like thing to like push, you know. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like yeah, Nyla, you gotta learn so from that. One like, of the things with this match is that it hasn't necessarily given me enough to care. No, mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Sure, um, I care more about the women's match in NXT. You know, hundred percent. Like, if you would have, they've put, had like, TV, it, right? Well, even then though, like if you go off their shows, if you would have had let's say Britt Baker versus B Priestley, I'd be like. Okay, let's fucking see what's going to happen here. Because they're both known already. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they is... have a rivalry that's gotten built. This is such a clean slate, though. I mean, we can look up and down this card and even just look at, you know, Cody and Sammy Guevara and then this Nyla Rose match. In a year's time, 
there's going to be such different value attached. To I think that's a really good point. On this it, it, that's it a really, is, really it good point. It is a good point, but also like you have to give a reason to, for somebody to tune in that like, cause why is somebody going to want to stay on this show watching this match? that doesn't necessarily have any build. We can watch this other match where you have like a quote unquote indie darling. Mm-hmm. And then Shayna Baszler, who's a, who's known in MMA, who's known in wrestling. Sure. But that's the, that's the disadvantage that they were going to have no matter what. Yeah. But th- that's why, like to me, you present something that people are going to care about. Mm-hmm. Or but, at least, or at least, make us care about this, and they haven't done a good job. But I feel like maybe that's making us care, and about that's where this. they're probably going to. My my assumption is establish Nyla Rose as a really, really dominant heel mm-hmm. t- for going forward in TV. Yeah, but I mean, you've had opportunities with Nyla to do that. Mm. Yeah, and they, fair. That's fair. And they're they're not. They're gonna have a tough time establishing Nyla as a heel while also trying to be bragging about. representation and inclusivity um because the people who care most about nile rose match would be people like me gender queer people that want to like tune in and see that it's going to be hard to get any of us to think of nile rose as a heel and it's like why why do like why would people care about like riho Mm -hmm. like what's what's our she what's our motivation she had a sword once she's in the wrestle boys classic she had a sword Mm -hmm. once Sure. <laughs> she had a sword one. Have you ever had a sword? She's Kenny yes. Omega's favorite wrestler. Shit, sorry. I think, though, at the end of the day, our judgments on this first show are a bit unwarranted considering the few opportunities they had to really build me. Well, I mean, they're going to. You say that now, but like, look at the way they were able to build storylines off of just their YouTube shows for these other shows. For like All In, Double or Nothing, All Out. They used that to build up. I mean, they had a fucking whole. Yeah, year long thing uh, about Joey Ryan's dick with established talent, but still, like Flip Gordon got over not being an established guy. Yeah, sure. I guess there is no like road H- to hey, in a, to AEW TV. There, there is. Oh, there is. I am not paying. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> um, like Hangman Page is in this position just because he ended up in Bullet Club, and they're like, "Hey, bud, like you're with us now," yeah. and now he's riding a horse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, Hunter I think, Horse Helmsley. <laughs> I think they've done their best to get a lot of people over, and they're going. They're going to go to bat with Kenny Omega, John Mox. No, the, like, and I, I feel like the people that matter are the people that are already over, and they're paying attention a lot to those. But it's like this other match almost feels like it's just like sure they're just kind of throwing it out there. But but the guys that are established that are your hooks to watch. Then give the opportunity to those on the undercard that wouldn't have been seen and wouldn't have been able to be built up. I mean, they're unestablished people. Now this is their chance to start. Yeah, but it's like you're going to get less size and people aren't going to care as much. Whereas, let's say you do B versus Brit, just throwing that out. You do that match. And then your next on that same TV, you have Nyla Rose just destroy Riho. She's Riho's fucking like 80 pounds of dripping wet. Nyla Rose just fucking murders her and goes on this rampage where you have Britt Baker, your fucking champion the, that's a fucking dentist, that's like the face of the brand. And then in... The teeth uh, of the brand. The, the, <laughs> the happy smiling face, not smiling Kylie. Oh. Sorry. Um, on your next pay-per-view, then, you have this fucking established monster against somebody that you think's the face. And then you have her then beat Britt. You establish somebody there. You gain interest just by doing... Essentially, the Goldberg, the Ryback, or whatever it may be. Yeah, where now you're throwing in there like it's a little cold. Go ahead, try. And like that's maybe like coming from the perspective of someone who like I'm. So what I'm excited for about AEW is watching them work out the kinks and build more talent. But 
I don't know if that's going to bring eyes to the product, but there's a part of me that really likes that fact of like tuning in and being like, uh, like if you tune into WWE, tune into an episode of Raw or SmackDown as someone who is not familiar with watching wrestling, it can feel probably a little overwhelming to be like, I don't know why people are cheering them or not. I kind of think there's something cool to the fact of like tuning in and being like, who's Nyla Rose? Who's Rio? And everyone's kind of like, I-, I don't know. Yeah. And so I building it, having this as a starting place to build, I think is really special. And like you were saying, Brady, I think in a year's time, we could look back to a conversation like this and hopefully be like, oh man, look how much they've done from that yeah. ground floor. Yeah. But that being said, I don't know if that's going to bring more eyes than NXT on USA. Probably not. We'll see though. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, just with that, like, I'm the least interested in that match. And not because it's because they haven't made me interested in it. But they could also. Well, besides Sammy Guevara. Sure. Just don't like sure. Him. But I also <laughs> might, you know, I'm going to think, like, Nyla's probably going to win. And then you'll probably have something with, like, Aja Kong or Awesome Kong coming out. And, like, they'll they'll set the groundwork for something that will build interest. But, like, Jericho's what's going to bring eyes to that show. And there's going to be so much more on this first show. Then the presentation, card. but presentation uh-huh. wise, to get you to keep watching. Yeah, the librarians, Dark Order. <laughs> it's, that's just how it's going to be. It's just how it's going to be. No, and, and I agree. Like that's not what's bringing it to the table. Right, right. But, but you would like a little bit more prestige to like the very first when you champion being. But you can't burn, and you can't burn angles on YouTube when you got a show coming up. No, and and you can't. But you still you need to build up everything because it seems like everything else has a lot of build and there's a lot of mm-hmm. excitement around certain things and then this one's like oh yeah the women's match right but maybe that's the point maybe it's that nyla is gonna go out there and destroy this chick and then that is your hook that's your angle and then you move on and then rio's rehabilitated in the future or rio brings out a sword and fucking we get some moid yeah we get some murder but anyway we well, totally sidetracked yeah that. next match Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. Oh, is it LAX? Is it LAX or is it the Dark Order? Is Jericho going to put over the Dark Order? No, Nobody's got to be LAX. Has to be LAX. I would hope so. What? They look cool. Well, because they're not in the they're not in the tournament. Mm-hmm. What new oh, terrible yeah, name the Dark are they going by? They they're just started. Santana and Ortiz. I thought uh, they had a name that they started putting in hashtags and stuff. That oh, I think no. it, it wasn't like <laughs> power no. and power and pain. It, my power, my pleasure, my pain. Pain mm-hmm. and gain? Yeah. Starring Mark Wahlberg? It, it wasn't good, but... Uh, hopefully Santana it's not and a, Ortiz, maybe? Yeah. Hopefully it's not a final No, that, that'll be cool. And, like, good on Jericho, like, because now he doesn't have to be in there the whole match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's another thing, too, that they need to establish also, is these guys can't be on TV every single week wrestling matches. Yeah. No. And not. NXT's been good at that. Gargano hasn't been on TV for three weeks. Yeah. NXT is great at that. Main roster, like, because they have a hundred people. Everybody complained when Brock Lesnar was the champion, it wasn't there. But then when he shows up, it kind of feels cool, feels different, feels sure. Yeah, you need to have that with your champion. Yeah, no, I'm sure they they have a plan. They didn't sit around this whole time thinking about this TV show without ideas of where they're going. They know exactly what's. It's like, oh shit! No, they they just. What have we been doing for six months? I guarantee they have. They just sat there with comedy writers. How can we take another shot? They have. Oh wait, TV's next week. Oh shit! Oh shit! Could you imagine? That's this month. I've just been working on my Twitter comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny's just like I've just been working on being a real asshole on Twitter. You son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, so if Kenny Goodbye and good night, bang. No, never mind. I was gonna be like, are they making Jericho face if Kenny if he's going against Kenny when Kenny's like 
middling right now. No, Kenny's the- Kenny's just taking some weird shots on Twitter right now. Does he-, he still talk like that? When he gets intense in promos, yes, he does. He fucking does. stop it, you cornball. A weeaboo. <laughs> Kenny Omega is one of my favorite wrestlers. Of course. He's, he's a great wrestler. And like, you this... just felt like you needed to say that? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, preface... uh, hot, hot take. No, no, I'm prefacing that. Like the, I'm prefacing <laughs> oh, I'm about to say with that. Yeah. Kenny Omega is one of my favorite wrestlers. And, God, he's such a fucking cornball. He's... And, like, he needs to stay off, like, what? social media stuff sometimes. Because he... it's just, it's, like, a little crazy. That's the thing. All these guys, every single one of them has a lot to learn. Yeah, AEW needs a promo months. class. Gonna, it's... I'm sorry. I almost I think you like got to like, Jericho. You got to lean into that underdog feel. Well, like they they're kind of going the WCW like we're going to take shots type thing. What they really need to do is, yeah, you don't want to surround yourself like with a giant corporation like the way WWE has. You don't want to have that many layers. You know, maybe have some social media management things. Mm-hmm. Have some little certain like media training type things. Well, the Young Bucks are doing fine. No, they they oh they rescinded they, those statements. No, yeah they. They will do that in media, but then they'll do other things. Okay. They, they've always been like that. That's the young bucks. They're good Christian boys. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Horseman Page and Puck. I feel that you have to have Pac uh, win. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Pac-Man? Pac. I, I'm excited to see because I watched that match from the UK and it was good, but you, like, you knew they were holding back a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's another one too. Pac's got to be the one that they they got to really get behind. Yeah, him they got to actually push him. Yeah, right because now. I I just re-listened to the episode of uh, Art of Wrestling with him. Yeah, it's so good. It's so weird how but... like unsure of himself he was. <laughs> yeah, he is so I don't know, man. sure <laughs> of himself now. Yeah, it's so crazy how different he is. Yeah, which it's, um, which is amazing. I think that's a really cool like yeah, growth and also to, get to he's see like, from him. He's one of the fucking best. I mean, he. Quit WWE. I mean, he had the balls to just say, no, I'm just... Apparently him and Vince got in a shouting match and he left. Because he did not want to put over... Enzo? At real one. Yeah. At real one. And look how that turned out. (laughs) Who was right in that Yeah, I know, right? You got to think Pac's like, fuck yes. I like like Oni Lorcan's relationship with Vince. (laughs) He just calls him into his office. They take off their shirts, do push-ups, and talk about guys they want to fight. And listen to ACDC. Is that real? That was a tweet, O'Neill Orkin. I would believe that at least the tiniest bit of that is true, and the rest is him just being a wild man oh, on Twitter. Oh, man, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, I read this in the wrong order, I think, but MJF sure. versus Brandon Cutler. MJF? Yeah, MJF's winning. Yeah. Of course, MJF. MJF. And Brandon Cutler, I swear, he's got to just be there for that reason. And one, he's got like a sweet story, right? He was one of the ones coming into that, like. Uh, he was just been their friend for yeah. years. That yeah. battle royal where, like, the you know, you play the soft music, you tell a sweet story, people get behind him. Yeah. And, and that's cool, but well, you, MJF's going to fucking, well, like, he, run him He had over. been their friend for years and doing Southern California Indies, PWG, and all that shit. And then, like, he quit wrestling and so did his brother. And then he came back and just, like, didn't ask for any handouts, like was traveling with him, doing the, helping him film BTE stuff. It wasn't like, hey, get me on the show, brother. And then there's like, here's a contract. So you get a contract for production, like you're a producer now, and also you use a contract for wrestling. And that so is like, cool. That's cool, like for them hooking up their homies and but shit. But it's also great to have. Well, M- he's also like good in the ring. Oh, sure, sure. But it's also good he's to have. Good have him go up against someone like MJF to really let MJF just fucking go off. Get that he's such a dick. Just the worst. Mm-hmm. And I love him. I really hope he's not in real life. But I know he's not. I don't think he is. I think he is just a really dedicated so human being. There's some interviews with him where he slips into 
his regular self, and it is hilarious. Yeah. No, he's he's just oh, also Dan Barry he, and Excalibur just always would call out the dumb shit he did. Has he always been like this? Has always been his character, even when he was Colt Son. Well, shit, he's well, only been Colt in there for like was three like, years. Was was just fairly recent. Oh, okay. It was an AAW. Um, no, because like I had this tweet that I screenshot and I forgot to send it out to everybody, but it was like Chris Hero talking about certain things and. So he's like, hey, man, like, watch MJF. And he's like, oh, that'd be the best. He's like one of my heroes, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's eh, a little different. It was like four years ago, like when he first started. Mm. So yeah. funny, fun fact is his original last name for his character used to be Feinstein. Whoops. Oh. Oh, really? He presented that to Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins. He laughed for a minute and then said, yes, that is your name. He didn't realize what that meant. What, what, oh, for our listeners at home and me, and me, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, Rob Feinstein, the originator of Ring of Honor. You know our video, the shoot videos. It's, the, oh, okay. it's yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of the original like catalog, like buy this stuff. <laughs> Essentially, this guy, Rob Feinstein, he was one of the original founders of Ring of Honor. He's a money guy, right? Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> You remember that show to catch a predator? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Was he, he was on, on it? it? He, he was, was on, on it. it. Yeah, As a predator, it. obviously, yeah. not yeah. a child. <laughs> he claimed to have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. I, I like everyone on that show. Right. I was in the wrong just, kitchen. Hey, man, I was actually just coming over here bringing those mics hard because I wanted to talk to her about not going online and talking to strangers because I'm nice, but dude, there's people out there who are actually pretty bad. I'm like, we're going to pour them out so you don't drink. And I said, you, I want you to give it a smell so you know what alcohol smells like, but don't drink it, and also don't go online target to chat rooms. I was trying to save her. I'm Christian. Yeah. Yo, RIP that show. This guy made, he made some Chris mistakes. Hansen was, Chris Hansen's in jail, isn't he? For, like, tax evasion? Not, like, what? pedophile cool. stuff. That'd be crazy. Oh, I might be making be that up. Wild. I might be making that up. No, that well, maybe I'm telling the truth. I think I'm telling the truth, though. Take a seat. Um, the owner was... of No Sleep Records' name is also Chris Hansen. Sometimes I get PR emails from him. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah, he, I mean, I he definitely, Chris Hansen definitely did something that was like not good. No, but that, I just thought that was always a really funny story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just love MJF. I'm excited. Um, other things on the show, we'll probably see the best friends do something. Moxley will be there. Um, what the big thing I'm curious about is the presentation. Wait, that was that the card? Yeah, yeah. Oh really? That's mm-hmm. underwhelming. They're, I'm sorry. They're, leave, they're leaving stuff open. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Co- apparently, Cody said we've only seen forty percent of the roster. Okay. Um, I want to know who these other people are. I gotta like, see well, who's all the, the promo. The no, who was that fucker? The promo, like Shaft. No, the, the the big just jacked guy. I forgot his, his name. name was like Thunderhorse or something. No, it was dumber Thunder than that. Sixty nine. It was just like two boys and their dinosaur. Jeff. <laughs> it was like Scarbo or something. Yeah, yeah. it was something like Scarbo. <laughs> Scarbo, and it's coming soon. It's like, who the fuck's Scarbo? Yeah, I have no idea. Still, it's, it's like the Simpsons thing. Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. Reminds me of Detroit Rock City. Mondo, or, or what fuck was the guy's Mon- <sighs> Anyway, the older brother. You know what I'm talking about? But yeah, it's going to be great. On. I'm it's excited great for the presentation. Because I want to see like how they're going to present their their live TV show. God, yeah. they better do the, backstage shit different because that's been a serious bummer for I me so far. How if, exactly the same to WWE it's been oh, so far. I don't think you're going to need to worry about that. Um, I'm excited to see what the librarians do. Of course. God. The most over uh, gimmick in professional yeah, wrestling. Yeah, they're so funny. 
<laughs> it's better than anything WWE's ever done. Uh, I am going to tune in fully, though. I mean, I'll switch back and forth for sure, but yeah. I feel like they're going to plan it out. You know, I'll end up over. watching them both, I think. I have a busy week next week. Um, Clear the sketch. Uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be a good show, and it'll be a show that we'll watch. Yes, Absolutely. it will be re- it will be wrestling. Should we talk about extreme championship wrestling now? Yeah, but should we take a break? Because I got piss. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Poop. And we're back. Um. Now we're back. Thank you for joining us again. If you're just tuning in, this is the JUI Wrestle Boys podcast featuring Brady of HeaterWrestling.com. Yeah, let's talk about ECW. Let's do it. Let's talk about ECW. Dub. EC Dub. The Zombie. Bobby Lashley. <laughs> All the classics. Zombie. The, the final ECW champion, Ezekiel Jackson. Well, Eli, Eli, this is your topic. This is your week. This is your time to shine. One of the reasons why I wanted to do a deep dive into ECW is for... It's one of the most influential things, especially of the Attitude Era. And then with Paul Heyman... Ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Go on. My name is Paul Heyman. Um, Just with him coming into power again, seemingly out of nowhere... It just feels very important for people who may not have grown up in the 90s or gone back, because there's a lot of fans that haven't gone back and really watched or heard too much about ECW, even though it's almost impossible not to. Mm-hmm. Only 90s kids remember. Only <laughs> 90s kids remember. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask a subject matter expert to come in. Pretty savage, oh, he I'm, not, I'm not an expert, though. I... ECW, where do you want to start? Uh, 1992, Tri-State Wrestling. <laughs> I think that, I'll just say this to start. If you take WWE out of, kind of take them out of the mix here, without a doubt, ECW is the most influential wrestling company that has ever existed. It's most like, influential, like, like literally like eight years. Right, right, and it, And really, those first, you know, you could say, yeah, 1992, okay, Todd Gordon's antique shop or whatever pawn shop shop. it's like but really when that thing started to heat up in 94 i mean you got to realize that that thing was only around really realistically like seven years and 90 uh 94 to 2001 not even really 2001 yeah it really dictated the vibe of that era on not only their own show but on wwe and wcw show they basically put together a wrestling style that still is about the standard. It's about everybody like likes to look at ECW and say, okay, extreme. So it's just tables, you know, blood, guts and all that. But they really set the tone for the way wrestling in the ring would be presented. I mean, they had all the guys came through the doors, you know, Benoit, Malenko. RBD. Yeah, I mean, Guerrero, Mysterio, Psychosis, like... All these guys, and they, what Ring of Honor became essentially was it filled a void, an unnecessary void that ECW left. Basically, Japanese strong style lucha libre with that main event, you know, sprinkle in it. And to this day, I mean, you see the way people wrestle, especially in Ring of Honor, but even on WWE TV, it's a descendant, and there's always a way you can trace it back to the way they did it in ECW. Well, and I remember watching it like when I was a kid that. If I tuned into like stuff that was like the main roster business, 
it was a different archetype than what you saw in ECW. And ECW was the first time I ever watched wrestling and felt like the fans had a part in the show itself. Well, even like the the chanting came from ECW. Like bring your own weapon to the <laughs> like matches. Mm-hmm. And so, as we were talking about, like ECW, like was started by fucking Todd Gordon. He had a pawn shop, and he yeah. pawn stars. NWA yeah. affiliate Eastern Championship Wrestling. Yeah, so they're an NWA affiliate after WCW had pr- dropped NWA, and they're like, "Hey, we're our own thing now. We're in the wrestling business." And you have to understand too that. At this point in the very early 90s, the NWA was dead. It was more dead than you could consider. I think only Easy e was dead. <laughs> but it, they had affiliates, but I mean, they had a board, and I use quotations. Dennis Coraluzzo and... Uh, well, at one point it was him, and I think that, that'd probably be a good place to start. Well, who's the other fucker? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was Coraluzzo and uh, Crockett. Oh, but... Jim Crockett. I mean, kind of. Okay. But essentially, really, a good place to start with ECW is Eddie Gilbert was booking it. That was Todd had put Eddie Gilbert in charge. Eddie Gilbert, if you don't know, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, he was a wrestler in the eighties. Spent a lot of time in Memphis. I think he booked and Continental. Florida. Yeah, he booked Continental, and then he was booking ECW. And a lot of people talk about Eddie Gilbert as one of the smartest bookers that had ever been, but he had problems. So eventually, at some point. Todd Gordon decided to give the book to Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman's coming off WCW TV. He He sued them. (laughs) And won. And won. But essentially, Paul Heyman took over and realized that wrestling needed... It needed a change. You're thinking about, like, Duke Duke the Dumpster Josie days. Like... 94, you weren't even to that, because you're still at the tail end of... Yeah, and it's it's bad. I mean, things are not good. Well, you had guys like Doink the Clown, and (laughs) you had, like... Uh, Damien Demento, and you had like Man Mountain Rock. Right. And ECW at that point when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling is exactly what you would think it would be as an indie in that era. Yeah, like Jimmy Snook on top. You know, all these washouts from WWE. Greg Valentine showing up. Right, and, and it's just a cash metal grab. maniac. You know, a cash grab like, oh, we're drawing with the forgotten stars of yesterday. Forgotten sons. <laughs> yeah. We're drawing with the fucking gunner. But let's fast forward to there's an NWA title tournament. And somehow Paul Heyman politicked that ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling, would get to host the championship match. And at this point, it was Shane Douglas and Two Cold Scorpio ended up being the championship match. Something happened leading up to that point where Dennis Carlos made a couple bad remarks about Shane Douglas. And he didn't if, like Shane Douglas He at didn't all. like Shane Douglas for whatever reason. Basically. A franchise? A franchise. They essentially came up with a plan where Shane Douglas would win and then he would throw the belt down and then declare that that era is dead. R.I.P. R.I.P. Till Billy Corgan brought it back. But he debated this for <laughs> weeks, whether he was going to do it or not. And then once he heard Dennis Corlewis's comments about him not being reliable, which Douglas would say was bullshit, he decided that he was going to do it. So on that night, even two Colt Scorpio didn't know. I think the only people that knew was Gordon, Shane, Todd Gordon, and Paul Heyman. And you know maybe one of his friends. Yeah, maybe. Wait, no, his um, Shane Douglas's dad knew. (laughs) Shane Douglas' dad was dead, (laughs) so he didn't know. Was he dead at that time? Yeah, he said it in the promo. I didn't know his dad was dead because he said that one of the reasons he did it was because his his dad told him, "Do right by those who do right by you." That's why he was like, "Well, 
Heyman and Gordon are fucking doing right by me, so you know what? I got to go with them. I'm sure he took the advice. But the fact of the matter is to fast forward so we can get into the real meat of this. He won the match. He gave this awesome promo, and it goes down, honestly, if you need to watch this on YouTube. And Shane Douglas gives this promo, and at the very end, he takes the NWA title down, this belt that had lineage dating back to the early 1900s, 1900s, (laughs) and threw it down. And you can see in the corner of the screen, Dennis Cardaluza with his hand almost in his mouth, just like, like, what the fuck are you doing? fuck is this guy doing? And then he proceeds to cut the rest of this promo, and it's amazing. It's one of the greatest promos ever cut. Hell yeah. And he declares himself ECW champion. Carluzzo, obviously not in on this. They interview him. He says all this crazy stuff like, oh, he's the champion and all that. The NWA was dead, and it was obvious. So that kind of ushers in this new era. And like that night became so infamous. They, they literally dubbed it like the night the line was crossed. Mm-hmm. So you've moved, you've moved from this point. You got to realize, too, it's no internet. I mean, people are getting newsletters. People know about this stuff. But for the most part, I mean, ECW is a relative unknown. In Philadelphia and New York. But it has the attention of the industry. So people know. The people working at the people that matter do know. I think if you want to talk about maybe some of the standout angles, I think moving into 1995-96. Well, they start using, so instead of using a lot of the way the independents and small companies were working, like he's talking, you have Jimmy Snuka, you have Jim Neidhart coming in, Greg Valentine, a guy named Metal Maniac. Terry Funk. You'd have like people dressed up as Doink, you know, TV's wrestling clown. Um, they started just using their own guys. So you'd have somebody like Shane Douglas, who looks like a pro wrestler, but then you'd have these other guys like the Sandman. You would have the, like, you'd have Taz as the Tasmaniac. They brought in guys like Sabu, who was doing like death matches and all that stuff and just looked out of control. Then he would. They brought in then like the luchadors and all the, those kinds of things. Like within the first couple of years, like in ninety four, ninety five, you start seeing like this whole different style of wrestling. Right. And they would base it it's like, well, here's a little bit of this. Like here's a guy that looks like a wrestler. You have Shane Douglas, even though he left within that first year. But still, you you he came back though. He did. But you you see like okay cool like that guy looks like a standard wrestler. But then you see the fucking Sandman and Zubas and a t shirt and he's smoking. Hell yeah. And I think. We should take a moment, though, to say that probably really was the turning point was bringing in Sabu. Yeah. Sabu, I mean, if you... He's a I'm not gonna say garbage he, person. Yes. I'm not going to say that he invented this hardcore style, obviously. But anytime you see something done with a table, he probably invented it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Was, when we did we did our uh, the episode on um, like deathmatch wrestling, that was one of the things that was coming up too. Is that Sabu really, if not invented a tables match, definitely brought it into a next level where it's like innovative. And it's a shame because he he never got his due. And say what you want about him, sucks. The guy, yeah. the guy deserves so much credit for bringing a hardcore style to the forefront, or at least popular popularizing it. Yeah. But they bring him in, and that's really the tone setter. They start bringing, they got Cactus Jack, Mick Foley. Mick, Col- Mick Foley proceeds to cut some of the best promos ever cut in mm. wrestling at that time. The, <clears throat> the like His anti-hardcore stuff is mm-hmm. still incredible. Shout out to Aviator for using it on their album, their last oh, album, cool. and it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Kane Dewey, all that stuff. Just the, incredible. Just kind of like the, the, the wave of like different people, because like, one of the things that Paul Heyman always was against, and it kind of shows up time after time with him, is 
He never wanted those like legends guys. He wanted to build new stars. And you have one. You have one though. You have one to put over to help build up everybody. And he had a guy that was Terry Funk, who was fifty three years old when he won the title. This was in ninety seven, but he brings in Terry Funk and he works with Cactus. And it's like you have the guy there to then kind of say like, oh, this is legit. There's Terry Funk. He's a former world champion. He's been here. He's been here. He's been here. And then he's building and bringing all these other guys up. Terry Funk, who did his first moonsault at like age 48. Jesus. <laughs> and you have him. You have a legitimate guy who was 19 years old working at Kmart, Mikey Whipwreck, who's just helped setting up the ring and kind of got trained and didn't learn any offensive moves and didn't land an offensive move for a year. Jeez. Um, then they paired him with with uh, Cactus, and the next thing you know, he's a tag champ. So it just kind of changed the way they did things. So when you move on from, like, the Shane Douglas, like, Nightline was crossed, you get into, like, the big thing of, like, Taz and Sabu. They bring in, like, Raven, and then they have the pretty boy Tommy Dreamer. So Tommy Dreamer was just a New York independent guy trained by, wow, what's his fucking Johnny Rods. Rods. Um, his first match was against fucking Bill DeMott. Mm. And he, he's just there, just looking, just gassed to the gills, even though he said he's never done steroids. Um, Dreamer or Demont? Dreamer. Yeah. And he's like the pretty boy, and they were just fucking hating him there. And then hated him. He just kept just coming up and coming up and coming out and coming out and just showing to the point they're like, there's three fans that stood up and clapped after a match. And then, like, one of the biggest points on TV that they made on their TV show, like, oh, in this town of Philadelphia where they booed Santa Claus, there's these three guys are. Or uh, cheering for Tommy Dreamer for putting on a good effort. Maybe there's hope after all. So they start building these things. And this kind of all culminates to finally him getting over and getting the love of these fans. With that whole Singapore cane thing, he took like 20 cane shots, legit cane shots, to the back. Yeah. And all under this time, Paul Heyman is, this is Yes, this this is is all Heyman's thing. And this is how like they brought it up. Like this is very early ECW. And what he was doing is he was trying to build each and every guy. Right. And then you have these core group of guys that they had. And so then with Taz and Sabu, that was kind of like a big thing was the Tasmaniac and Sabu. Then he kept him away for a year so they could build to a big match. So he was like leading with all this stuff and like trying to build interest and build a promotion with no like like no promotion right you have to realize too that paul paul came up in the 80s you know with the grand wizard and freddie blassie and all these guys and he learned from dusty Rhodes. he learned from the best possible people he had all these ideas of how wrestling should change he'd seen how bad wcw was ran he knew all the faults that were being made in wbf he came with a plan and he knew exactly how he was going to build this show and he took people that, by all rights, in 1994, probably had no business being in wrestling. Aside from Scorpio. <laughs> and turned them into superstars. At least at that level. Yeah. And where they were at the time. But I think another hu- a huge moment in ECW, too, is Raven. People don't give Raven his due, either. That dude... He's, he's a fucking genius he's when it genius. comes to wrestling. He's an he, absolute genius. Scotty Polo? Yeah. Great. He Johnny Polo. looks so cool. Um, some of the angle stuff that from the documentary seemed a little weird about him, um, but 
like, with him and Dreamer. Um, and uh, Beulah. The cross thing, which I thought was sick, but his... Oh, the crucif- well, when he, the when he crucified Sandman? That yeah. kept Kurt Angle away from ECW. Yeah. Um, but the way he apologized for it was actually really cool. Um, but he just has this look. He also wears comic Sandman shirts from the comic book Sandman, which is my favorite thing in literature, so... Um, big Raven fan. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He was, he was like uh, paramount to the success. I think of ECW. Stole Sandman's son. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a thing I want to ask about. Was Paul Heyman running? Was Paul Heyman around at SmackDown during Eddie? No. And Ray. Okay. No. Because he loves people taking taking away their kids. <laughs> so, but the thing about a lot of those Raven angles, though, are they are Raven's angles, like to a T. That was just Paul giving a couple producer points. And that's another thing that made ECW really special is you had all these guys that had their ideas and they mm-hmm. were allowed to actually execute them and do them. And they let Raven, Raven who had learned in Portland and he wrestled global for a little bit in Memphis. He had ideas too. And he, he wasn't able to do half of what he wanted to do. He was Johnny fucking Polo. And Scotty the body. Mm-hmm, but he was allowed. And that angle, I mean, that's... It's hard to really put into words, but that's that's an angle that stands the test of time. There are some things about it maybe that don't quite, you know, stand up to today's standards, but man, those some of those matches with those dog and pony shows at the end of um where you had run in after run in after run in and he made sure everybody fed in a certain way and did a different thing. It's like, have you ever seen Goldberg and Raven? Uh, no, no, I've never no. seen him wrestle. You never seen that match? Uh-uh. Watch that match. It's okay. a typical. It's a perfect example of how smart Raven is putting a match together. But that's how those matches were in ECW. That, you ever seen that, that was the, for the what U.S. Uh, title. U.S. title, yeah. Yep. The first. Title Have you ever Goldberg seen won. the WrestleMania 17 hardcore title match? It's <laughs> also with the golf cart. It's mm-hmm. also a Raven classic where he almost <laughs> cut the power to all of WrestleMania. So to kind of go back with that, so another thing that they were doing besides kind of doing the little bit more edgy stuff and like the hardcore style and pushing like these super young guys, they would bring unknown like types of wrestling. So they got Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, who were doing big things in Japan and, Chris and Mexico and Chris Jericho. They were doing Mexico and Japan mm-hmm. stuff. But like a little bit more of that strong style, that junior style, they brought that over. Mm. They're the first ones to bring those guys over. Yeah. Then you know, brought over like Tajiri and like all sorts of people that you end up seeing over the next few years being yeah. super influential. But right, and that's another thing too. When you say that, when I say that ECW dictated the style of wrestling on WWE and WCW, you can tell it. You can tell it for a fact because they brought in these guys the cruiserweight. WCW stole. All of them. Yeah, so yeah. I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. So ECW was kind of like the crack in the door for a lot of these guys to come oh, yeah, into yeah. other. Yeah. So like yeah, Eddie, so. Ray Mysterio was. Yeah, yeah. So like at first it was like kind of like the the Malenko's, Guerrero's, Benoit's, Jericho's, and they brought those guys in, and they would just be wrestling matches with like Eddie and stuff, and even Jericho. They spent a lot of time in Mexico, so there's that lucha influence. But then they all got snatched up. Mm. Then he's like, okay, fuck this. I'll call Conan. Conan helped broker a deal to bring in Psychosis and Mysterio and then the actual luchadors from Mexico. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys' first job in America was all ECW. And apparently, wasn't it Jericho that said he was waiting for a year for, uh, or he was waiting so much for Paul Heyman to call him? Then he calls Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman's like, 
been wanting to get in t- contact with you for a year. Can you be like in Philly uh, like tomorrow? Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, no, I no, can't. I can't. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> he was like in Calgary at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like he brought over those guys and they just would go and blow the roof off the place. So while they're having these like, you know, more hardcore style matches or matches with public enemy who are just putting people through tables, weren't really great wrestlers or Sandman, who's a little bit more smoke and mirrors, pun intended with the smoke, get it? Ha, sure, ha. Cigarettes. Um, then they'd be like, watch this great wrestling. And so there's so much mm-hmm. to have there. And then you'd have the angles with Raven stealing Sandman's son. Yeah, and they'd even like start to incorporate like the hardcore style into like the Lucha matches. Like there's some like Psychosis and Ray matches that are like tables matches. Yeah, and stuff. two out of and, three like, falls with like weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think it, it's important also to state that at this point, Pre-1997, Vince is watching. And Vince is paying real close attention to this because he's in a war and he's got a fucking big-ass problem on his hands. It's called the NWO. (laughs) He's getting beat and he's getting beat bad. So there's always this thing where people say that WWF funded ECW. And Heyman claims that it's essentially $1,000 a week because of a sponsorship that he would have lost because... Vince wanted two cold Scorpio. It'd be flash fucking funk. It's just stupid. That's <laughs> beside the point. Now I have to say that Heyman is a big bullshitter. As as genuine as he seems when he tells that story about the thousand dollars, there's no fucking way <laughs> yeah. that it was only a thousand dollars. Of all things that Paul Heyman lies about the most, money is number one. Yeah. There's just no way. Quick aside, out of these three people, who's the most full of shit? Eric Bischoff. Paul Heyman or Bruce Pritchard? It's close between... Honestly, it's close between Bischoff and Heyman. I would say... I would say Pritchard. Because Bischoff doesn't... Well, I listened to 83 Weeks for a minute, and instead of lying, he just says, I don't know. You he know, doesn't I don't own know anymore. up to anything. That, that's his big thing. He's like, I don't, I don't recall. Al- almost I don't feels recall. like more of a bullshit thing to me than... Tr- like just lying, <laughs> like and at least Paul comes up with a cool story. Like yeah, I right. will believe and Paul's too. at least like yeah, they're at least creative enough to to like spin the so question. Are we saying Bischoff's probably the most full of shit? Oh, or I will say least his, creatively full his, of shit. Like, his like you know what I probably would do things differently now. And it's like own up to the shit you did. Mm-hmm. Where Hames like you know what back then and easy and then like thirty minutes you're like wait what was this fucking question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a real Teddy Hart maneuver. <laughs> yeah, have any of you guys seen uh, Barely Legal? The first ECW. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible. So, and you guys have watched Beyond the Mat. Sure, of course. Mm-hmm. So they show. I, no, I haven't pa- watched that one. Part of his, part of Heyman's bullshitting pre-show his, speech. His pre-show speech, which has become staples and everything. I mean, everywhere does it now. Yeah, they try. And he just gives this impassioned speech about how like nobody wanted them to make it, but here they are. Like We built this. This is our time. This is time for EC fucking W, blah, blah, blah. Well, who cares if I owe you money? Let's get out there and yeah. let's kick some ass. He, yeah, he would convince people who are would go into a night mad at him for owing, like for Heyman owing them money and get them to go like put their life on the line for him. Everybody but Lance Storm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone can just bullshit Lance Storm. He's kind of the most just buttoned down straight guy in existence. <laughs> like you, you didn't pay me three times, so I'm sorry, Paul. I'm going to have to give my notice. <laughs> What's interesting about Barely Legal, though, is kind of the comparisons you can draw from that to All In. I just wanted to, I want to put these together just real quick. All In 
was this, you know, they say it was a love letter to independent wrestling. But Barely Legal was essentially a show based around all the unwanted guys proving that they could do it, that they could draw, that they could be on TV, and that they could make a difference. All in, think about how that show ended. Running out of time, boom, 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 spot, 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 get it, we did it, oh, you know, yeah. hands in the air, show ends. Except for Marty, you stay in the fucking back. Right. <laughs> Barely legal. Not only did it showcase, you know, it had Japanese guys, it had, you know, all these different styles. And then at the end of that show, they did that three-way dance. Sandman, Stevie Richards, and Terry Funk, and then the winner-faced Raven. They went long. Of course they did. <laughs> Funk, Funk wins the three-way. Raven comes out, attacks him. He comes out there, and they've got, like, Five minutes. They got five minutes. Like five fucking and minutes. And also, like, their building was at capacity for power. At capacity. Yeah. They do this match. Boom, boom, boom. He gets the roll up. He wins. He goes in the crowd. Terry Funk, that is. Bleeding goes, everywhere. Bleeding. He's got crying. the belt. The show goes off the air. Right when he goes in, the power fucking generator breaks. And that's it. The power goes off. They were, like, seconds away from a disaster. I just think it's really interesting that those two shows, just kind of in their meaning, like, the... You know, the meaning of those shows are so similar. Yeah. I never mm. thought about that. That's really cool. One of the things about that show, too, is like when they go back and talk, people were just saying that they were just openly weeping because, like, they've, like, they just felt so connected to that product and so connected as a team that, like, they said Joey Styles was just crying. Like, Stevie Richards said he's just openly weeping after the show, just being like, we fucking did this. This was us. Mm. Um, one of the things that, like, as you were talking about with Paul Heyman being, kind of on the payroll. Vince says that he's like, so I put Paul on the payroll. They started getting a little connection going into barely legal with WWF. They had Vince needed talent. King of the ring. Was it 90 fucking five King Mabel? Mabel beat Savio Vega mm-hmm. for the fucking King of the ring. Nobody gives a fuck. And they're in Philly. People are chaining ECW. Yeah. So then 96, they have another pay-per-view there. Mind games. Fucking Mick Foley versus Shawn Michaels in a great match. Bullshit other card. Who cares? But that's a great match. But then they have Taz, Sandman, Heyman, and Dreamer sitting in the front row. They faved all the boys on WWF, and then Vince brought them in. Said, "All right, Stir, we'll mention you guys on here. We'll make sure to kind of get your fans with us, and you know, a little synergy." And so they kind of start interfering in some matches. Taz jumps the rail. And he says that a guy that was one of the security guards that was like a guy with WWE, like was telling him like, hey, man, think about this, buddy. And he's like, no, you fucking think about this. Like, you better you better <laughs> act smart here. So he pushed the guy out of the way and broke his arm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and so they started this connection with WWF. Vince puts him on the payroll, allegedly for $1,000 a week or, what, or a month or whatever, he claims. You know, like... He was fucking doing fine with that. And on a Monday Night Raw, the Manhattan Center, they bring out fucking Kronos and Saturn. They bring out uh, the Dudleys. They have Sabu and Taz and Dreamer. And they showcase this different thing. I remember watching this as a kid because I remember vividly Sabu jumping off the R, well, kind of falling off the R, (laughs) onto Team Taz. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, I remember seeing Perry Saturn and Kronos be like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, I have no idea who these guys are. Yeah. And so they, they kind of start this feud with Jerry Lawler acting as, as like, uh, as, like, hey, he's WWF and going in there and giving them promotion. So it legitimized ECW to wrestling fans like, oh, WWF's talking about him? 
this must be a, like a, a, a real thing. And that was very important. For WWF, what was very important is, first off, they got to raid their talent. Certain people. For some reason, they got Al fucking Snow. Like Furnace mm-hmm. and Lafon. They got mm-hmm. Doug Furnace and Philip Lafon, who I always liked as a kid. Um, I don't know why. Um, they got Scorpio, and then they got... Um, fuck else they bring over? At that time? Yeah. RVD was on the show a lot. Oh, yeah, RVD really was. But Mr. Monday Night? I forgot who else they brought over, but... Um, then WWF would send guys over to them. Brackus. So Brackus, like Akam Albright, he's this unknown guy that was there like twice. Mm-hmm. Once was for the Brawl for All. Yeah, he he never became anything. No, but they just were, were able to kind of do that. And so they started this working relationship. Because one thing Paul Heyman, he hated WCW with a fucking burning passion. He hates, He hated Eric Bischoff. And it's really weird that they're kind of in the exact same role in different shows right now because he hated him with the fucking burning passion. Yeah, that is His weird. goal was to fuck over WCW. He wanted to beat WCW. And to do so, he got in bed with WWF. But the enemy the of my time, enemy is my friend. But at the mm. same time, painted WWF as the enemy to his people. Exactly. Mm. Which is kind of where the motivation stood. But essentially what you're saying too, though, they did... WBF gave them that so that they could raid their talent. And then the, in return, they got promotion for their first pay-per-view. Yeah. And so their first pay-per-view, they did all this shit. And beforehand, every pay-per-view broadcaster was, I forgot what it was called then, in demand. Yeah, in demand. Um, They pulled it. They're like, no, we, we can't fucking do this. Um, Apparently, there was a couple pay-per-view companies. Well, one was in Idaho. They, but they pulled yeah. it. They pulled it because of mass transit. Yeah. So the mass transit incident is where this untrained guy... Who was 17. He was 17 at the time. Lied about being trained, lied about his age. And they're like, well, Axel Rotten or whatever can't make it to the show. He's supposed to team with Devon Dudley against fucking New Jack and what's what's his ass? No, it was New Jack Jack and Devon, I think, versus... It was was the gangsters. Was it the gangsters? Yeah. Well, the fact is, this fucking guy goes in there, untrained, and he tells New Jack before the match... Hey, I'd really like to get color for this thing. You know, CCW, isn't that great? And apparently New Jack said, oh, yeah, I'll do it for you. Okay. So he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get you color out there. So he cuts him with an X-Acto knife in the forehead. Ugh. Have you never? You guys have never seen this oh, video? I, I've seen it. I've, I've seen Master uh, yeah. No, I don't great. think so. So he's just gushing blood. I mean, it's, yeah. it's shooting out of his forehead. He, not only does he cut him and beat the shit out of him, but as he's laying there bleeding, he takes a chair and he does an elbow drop off the top rope to this dude's head. Oh, shit. <laughs> so essentially, the guy goes to the hospital. It's a big hole to do about it. There's a lawsuit. And then In Demand pulls their pay-per-view. Down the road, after Paul Heyman begged, they get back on the air. And then they pull well, off. One of, the, one of the ones that was keeping it on was a pay-per-view thing in Idaho. That's crazy. It's the weirdest thing. He said there's like three like pay-per-view providers. It's like one in Idaho and like a couple over, like I think like in New York or something. Weird. Like, we don't care about that shit here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what's what's crazy is in their biggest, barely legal being their, probably their biggest accomplishment at the time, it's sad because that also kind of marked the end. It really, in a lot of ways, their popularity was growing and the money they were bringing in was growing, but their influence at that point was over. After Barely Legal, there was no more influence. They had already influenced the business. WWF had already taken note. WCW had already taken the cruiserweights. The Attitude Era was beginning. 
97, yeah. So, so what kind of led, is that what led to them closing their doors? Was so, it, it just, they, a lot, they were too couldn't big keep not, the, couldn't yeah. keep the buzz going? They were too big to not grow, but they weren't big enough to succeed if they grew. Right. They were in this weird in-between and spot. Then, and you couldn't compete. The problem also was, you know, they're running an organization. I mean, it's not like they're able to sit there and be like, hey, we'll give you 500 grand a year. All these guys that needed legitimate money had to go to WCW or WWF. Mm-hmm. A lot of them went to WCW. And then a lot of them went to WCW because they were just throwing money around. Yeah. But they survived. Full of Parker sets. <laughs> but they they survived. <laughs> they had a core group of talent. Tommy Dreamer was, you know, was never going to leave. Tom, hey, Tommy Dreamer wasn't going to leave. RVD. RVD became a big star post Barely Legal. And he wasn't going to leave. Like, you had all these guys, like guys that like, you know, who just who couldn't get really work elsewhere. Until like much later, and they're very creative. They bring in those Japanese guys. They bring in a lot Masato of Masato Tanaka. Yeah, Masato Tanaka, and a lot of those guys. And I don't want to spend too much time on it, but to fast forward through, let's say you know mid nineteen ninety seven to the end. Essentially, what happened to them? They got on TNN in two thousand, which was huge. I mean, they got to national television. I mean, to imagine that a company that was ran out of a pawn shop that was doing its weekly shows eventually at the ECW arena for a bingo hall. Yeah. A thousand people made it to national television during the height of the biggest wrestling war there ever was. They were on TV, but TNN didn't treat them so well. They didn't really, they They, didn't really advertise. There was no promotion. They were censoring them. And then, USA was dropping WWE, and they picked up WWE. So basically what happened is is TNN essentially used them as a guinea pig to see if wrestling would work on their network. And it did. And it did. And then they decided that they were going to pick up WF programming while ECW was on the air. And, and basically let them know, hey, at the end of this term, you're done, and we're getting raw. And mm. Heyman cut like some sort of promo before a show once, he right? He said if, if, you know, said like, Hey, if you if you don't like me so much, then take me off the air. But they muted the audio. Ooh. On that, on the original, the original showing of that promo, there's no audio. Was that what the pipe bomb was influenced by? <laughs> the pipe bomb was in- influenced by his own pipe bomb. <laughs> um, in Ring of Honor, um, but no, like so, it became like like you were saying, it was too big not to grow, but it like it couldn't be sustained with what they were doing. So Paul Heyman was is known as being one of the best like wrestling minds, but a horrible businessman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he was burnt out at this point creatively. Yeah, and he just was having a hard time. Um, he was in that fucking movie Rollerball. Yeah, sick. <laughs> um, he was losing talents left and right because these people needed to fucking live. They need to eat. They need to get paid what yeah. they're supposed to be paid, especially for what they're putting themselves through. Right. Yeah, and so but he was still even bringing in like these guys like Steve Carino. And you'd get Dusty Rhodes to fucking put over Carino. Yeah. You would have, like, Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome. Scott Hall spent a couple weeks there. Scott Hall would show up randomly. Like Road Warrior Hawk mm-hmm. showed up. But essentially what became their downfall, TNN eventually dropped them. So they go into their what became their last pay-per-view. I don't, they didn't know at the time. Was uh, Guilty as Charged 2001. So that's in January. So we're three yeah. months away from WCW going out of business. So nobody really knows... Anything what's happening in wrestling, right? At this point. Like, there's yeah. the bubble's about to burst, but nobody really truly knows it. Essentially, if you want to get deep into it, what happened to them is in demand. The pay per view company basically they wanted DCW wanted to run their next pay per view. Yep. But in demand said, okay, 
you can run your next pay-per-view. Prove to us you're a solvent company. Prove to us you're a solvent company, and we're not going to give you this money that we owe you for the last pay-per-views that you had done. Now, there's a whole lot of extra stuff that goes into this. Sure. Why they hadn't, they didn't give them the money eventually, but essentially what In-Demand did was bet that they wouldn't last. So they didn't have to pay them. So they didn't have to pay them, and they knew they wouldn't be able to come after them for their money because they wouldn't exist. And then in bankruptcy, they'd pay pennies on the dollar. Right. So they didn't give them their money. Paul Heyman tried to get another television deal. Fruitless. Couldn't broker a deal, and a lot of the guys found out it was really done when Paul Heyman walked on Raw. Right. Mm -hmm. He showed up on Monday Night Raw as the replacement for Jerry the King Lawler. And that's when his men knew that it was over? That's yeah. when like guys like... Man, that's got to hurt in your stomach. Right. So, yeah. like, Tommy Dreamer and like Rhino and like the guys who were still there, that's when they found out. That's insane. But that would as hurt. Bad, they would go check the website like a fan, like, do we have a show still right now? And it's also because he hadn't filed for bankruptcy. But yeah. another thing, like as bad as that is, that he did move on. I mean, kind of hard to blame the guy. He moved on. But what he did is he didn't file for bankruptcy for a certain amount of time. And there's some sort of law that if you file for bankruptcy, then creditors can come after the people for the money yeah. that was owed or that they were paid in the time, you know, yeah. when they're looking back. So what he did is he waited a certain amount of time before he filed bankruptcy. So none of the guys that he had actually paid could be, you know, attacked by creditors. Oh, that's something. So he did do mm -hmm. something nice for him in the at the end of the day. And then at the end of the day, also like made sure like, all of those guys were ended up taken care of. Mm -hmm. Well, it was it, it was interesting. Watching, I'm talking like Dreamer and like RBD. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. interesting watching that documentary because it's like uh, Taz was like, I always got paid. Uh, RBD, I always got paid. So many people. Well, he was very particular about who he wouldn't pay. Yeah. So guys like Taz, Taz left. Yeah. He went to WWF. He wouldn't pay certain people. Guys like Dreamer, he knew. We're yeah. already in too Dream deep. Dreamer got the short end of the stick and seemed like the most loyal. He what he has said multiple times, and he has some legit, like real weird feelings with Paul. Like they it's like a weird relationship. Okay. He said that he would never have left. Yeah. If no. it was still open. Yeah. Like I would be there to this day. And well, he probably said it with a lot less because of that. What? To this day. <laughs> what? Tommy. What did he do after that? You went to WWF. Oh, okay. So, that, yeah, and he was talent relations for a minute. Yeah, he was office for years. Okay, yeah. He's he, he, ended up, oh, he came out of it totally. Because that's where that that's... story that story came around about him like having that murder suicide plot. Like, yeah. That time. That's Tommy Dreamer's Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. yeah. Tommy. He doesn't sound anything like that. <laughs> no, that's just what I, that's what they yell at him. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. Just sounds like this. I just in that documentary I. I kind of fell in love with Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer loves wrestling so much. Mm -hmm. He's such a sincere dude. I also loved in that documentary. He also loves fast food a lot. And that's his a, that's a sidebar. And his dogs. Oh my god! Everyone in that documentary was so Philly or New York. Like it was talking insane. about Taz from Brooklyn. Yeah, like it was like man, this is just a New York ass promotion, and it that's was. dope. It was it was a, a Northeast promotion territory that somehow in. The mid to late '90s sparked a revolution in wrestling. Yeah, and it's so like passe to say that. Um, or I can go back to like the thing I've said like five times today about paradigm shift, like what John Moxley said. But in all reality, they changed wrestling. They changed everything because WCW was running with the fucking like NWO gimmick, and that was it, or just the old guys. And then WWF was doing the clown shit. 
And like, and ECW was cool. And ECW was the cool. But I think, and I kind of credit a lot of that to having that knowledge of like WCW, and at that time WWF had money flowing. There was money flowing, and I think ECW more had that mentality that's like, if we want to keep these lights on, if we want to keep these doors open, we need to fill asses in the seats. You had Southern wrestling, and then you had cartoon like. Sports entertainment. Yeah, and I think that's what... I think they had the fan base behind them, too. Like, they had a fan base that wanted to see them succeed in a way that is also comparable to AEW in a bit where it's just like, these are my guys. Like, this is poor me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what... It's very grassroots. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was super fucking DIY. Like, Mm -hmm. Taz did all the designs for the shirts. Tommy Dreamer and, like, Devon were doing, like... Moving all the shit from like the warehouse to yeah. the show. So I've um, been I've been looking for one of those ECW. Did I tell you this? Yeah, yeah. I've been looking for one of those ECW Join the Revolution T-shirts. Yeah, because I mean they don't really they don't make them anymore. Obviously, sure. and every time I see one, it's always like a size XL or something that I can't wear. So fucking do they, it and shrink it. But Try. they they yeah, rarely come through on eBay. So I just said fuck it. I sent Tommy Dreamer an Instagram message and was just like, dude, I'm looking for this fucking shirt. I know that you kept these in your parents' basement. Do you still have any? Like, is there any? Like, can I buy you one? And he messages me back. Wow. And says, basically just, he told me, he's like, sorry, dude. Like, I kept two for myself and there's no more left. Yeah. Damn. Oh, man. God damn it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome that he reached out. That he's like, yeah, I so get it. Without ECW, you don't have the cruiserweights. You don't have guys like Jericho and Eddie on your TV. Mm-hmm. You also don't have. No, I'm Stone Cold. You don't have Stone Cold yeah. TV Boston. You don't have Cactus. Like and like you don't have mankind showing up in WWF. You don't have the Hardys. You don't have the Edge and Christians. You don't have the fucking Dudley boys showing up and doing the TLC. You don't have anything that led to Ring of Honor, which then led to CM Punk and Brian Danielson, which then led to Seth Rollins. You don't have mm. fucking wrestling as mm. it is today without that fucking and company. Don't don't have like, you know, last time thing we deep dive was like the SmackDown Six in that era, like that changed wrestling. Were all WWE. of them on ECW? Not all no. So uh, I mean Eddie and Chavo. Were Eddie, yeah, and then Ray, Ray, Ray and, so Benoit. four, four of the four of the six, yeah, yeah and then and only Angle and Edge were the only two that weren't, and well, Angle was there once. Uh, he, he went to one show <laughs> yeah, once. He said hi, yeah, um, but you don't have any of that, and like Gabe Sapolsky, who then like became like as known as like one of the big head bookers during a very good time in Ring of Honor. He was one of Paul Heyman's guys. That apparently it was him and Stevie Richards that ran the fucking hotlines and shit for mm-hmm. him and sapolsky was his quote-unquote protege who now runs evolve oh okay okay but he he was he's cut his teeth in ecw mm. you had guys like fucking dave lagana who ended up being a writer for wwe you see him in the crowd you if see you him go, in the crowd and yeah, you can also go he wrote on friends sick but also like even keeping it to that area can like still you wouldn't have things like czw that keeps that spirit very much alive and booked out it ran out of the same I don't, are they still running out of the old ECW? Yeah. It's harder to run there nowadays, it I seems bet. like. 2300? Yeah. But like, they're keeping that alive, and I think... Well, they kind of went a little bit further. Well, it went further, mm-hmm. but it also introduced us to people like Moxley, who we have now. Like, tons of people that we see now. Adam Cole got his start there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like CZW, you know, like, is kind of taking that torch from what, I don't, what they were doing. So, th- yes, into the point of, like, the early 90s, mid-90s stuff, um... Ring of Honor is really what 
like they were evolving into anyways. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So the problem, the thing is too is so like when you talk about like CZW, there's another one too called XPW that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Basically, Southern California. Yeah, just to rewind the a little Rob bit. Black. Um, the, the first, the guys from Going and Raw once saw a guy get lit on fire at an XPW show. Yeah. They talk yeah, about I it. believe it. Holy fucking shit! So they, they, <laughs> at in about '99, the first CZW show was in 1999. And I think the first XPW show was in 2000. Mm-hmm. So those companies, those companies almost spawned as an alternative to the alternative, mm. and they like, tried we're to gonna siphon. go harder. There's actually an awesome, awesome show, an ECW pay per view where was that Heat Wave? I can't remember. It's Is in it- 2000, and these XPW dudes buy tickets to the show, and they go, and during the main event, it's Dreamer and Just Incredible, maybe I think so. something like that. And these dudes stand up and they start doing their like XPW X sign and they're standing up and the crowd's going crazy, you know, because they know who they are because they're smart, you know, mm-hmm. hardcore fans. And the entire, for a shoot, the entire ECW locker room empties and they all run out during the beginning of the main event and go to the front row and forcibly remove oh, shit. these guys oh, shit. from XPW. And then beat the shit out of them. And then apparently after, beat the shit out of them. Damn. Which is awesome. That's just 90s wrestling. That's how awesome yeah, yeah, it was. That, yeah. So, but you you would have, like, Ring of Honor, to, like, even Heyman said, like, that's what he really would have moved to, is that style, because you And they were already. Because you, you, you couldn't continue on with that hardcore yeah. style. No, for sure. There's not a lot of longevity. a national there. product. Right. Yes. Which they were trying to do, but... It and was, they were establishing that was super crazy into Jerry, Jerry oh, fucking Mikey, Mikey uh, yeah, and they, Tony Mamaluk. They were they were starting that wrestling, you know, the pure wrestling. They were putting way more focus on that than they had. But I guess kind of to get close to wrapping it up, I think the legacy. What's interesting about the legacy of ECW is Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> not a lot of people saw ECW when it originally aired. What's crazy about ECW is that it almost lived more of a life after it went out of business than it did at the time. When WWE put out the documentary that you guys just watched, yeah, The Rise yeah. and Fall, that DVD sold so many copies that it pushed them to do a one-night-only pay-per-view. RVD oh, wow. went to Vince and was like, dude, can I do this pay-per-view? It's like, you're not looking at me. Because they, <laughs> they wanted closure. You know, they didn't really have real closure. Their last show was like a house show in like Lowell Mass yeah. or something. Lowell Civic Center? Yeah, it was something Shawn weird. Michaels lost his smile there. So basically, RVD went to Vince and said that, but he said, you have to let Paul produce this. It can't be, Like a you WWE know, event. Right, that's branded ECW. And so they did it, to their credit. To their credit, Vince let Paul do everything was it like taz and rvd and it was everybody like, it was okay. almost everyone taz was new jack taz couldn't wrestle really yeah. anymore oh okay he came certain in with guys, fucked up lawler mm. yeah certain guys weren't on the show but if you you need to go watch it. it's one of the best essentially WWE you, well, you don't have like fucking of all times and new jack yeah. yeah and rvd was hurt so he didn't actually oh he right. wrestled he came the next out. year but he and what, what did they brand that pay-per-view as one night stand one night stand, one night stand. 2005. You, I would recommend it to anybody that just wants to watch a good show. It's both, a, both 05 and 06 are both very, very cool. good. Mm-hmm. The 05 one was, it was really good, except the one match that was always a weird one. Ben Juan Guerrero. Yeah. Mm, the one you weird. think would, would tear the house Guerrero down. Guerrero was not in a good place. No. Oh, okay. He also Personally. Like, was about to die. But everything mm, on that Jesus. show yeah, that's true. is absolutely 
barn burning. It's insane. They did Jericho and Landstorm have like a seven minute match. That's like one of the better Chris <laughs> Jericho matches you'll ever see. Yeah, and you, you got to realize how good Lance fucking Storm is. Yeah. It was it was well, wild. Fucking uh, that he does that that leap to the top. Yeah, he does like, the one the one hop to the top like, rope, leap like to the top rope. And you're like, Holy shit, Lance! Yeah, he's it, like a ridiculous athlete. <laughs> it was wild watching that documentary because I know Landstorm is a Twitter personality. Just being positive about wrestling most of the time. Um, being one of the best coaches out there right now. Yeah. And then so seeing him like as a kid talking, it's like, uh, oh, you were a wrestler. Fantastic wrestler. Mm. But in typical WWE fashion, I hate to bring it all the way around to this. They brought it back. But they do one night stand in 05. It's a hit. Oh, my God. Pay-per-view buys out the ass. It's amazing. So they say, hey, we're going to do it again. Let's do it 06. We'll do we'll co-brand it a little bit. We'll mix it up. We'll do something different. That's cool. That's fine. And it's like you know, we'll, we'll make sure like ECW still gonna look good. Like blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. So RVD, of course, he can't beat John Cena clean because my God, you can't have John Cena losing to somebody else. Clean Does he like blow that. weed smoke into his face? <laughs> Essentially, RVD won the title, and they said they're gonna rechristen the ECW title. So it's like wow. So in the middle of that show, Paul Heyman announces, "Hey, guess what? We're on fucking sci-fi now. ECW. Isn't that We're back, crazy, motherfuckers? We're back." Mm-hmm. And what's actually kind of cool with like the lead up to all this, like oh. all these ECW guys had left the company, and like Joey Styles cut like this work shoot promo oh, on yeah. Sports Entertainment. You'd have all these things, and then built built incredibly well. They actually I mean, did a great job. It was awesome. They reboot this fucking show, man. Oh, bad news. And they make sure it's almost like, and this is like a WWE thing when they find out something got over that wasn't either wasn't their creation. Or that they didn't want to get over, whether it was their creation or not. R.P. Zack Ryder. They make sure that it dies the most painful, horrible death (laughs) possible. And they make sure they air it all. Every little bit of it. They put this thing on TV. And it's like, you can't even believe it when you see it. They do it from an arena. It's like 205 Live. I mean, they treated it Mm. like 205 Live. And it's a piece of shit. If anything, they treated 205 Live a little bit better. Yeah. So at least they let them go out there and wrestle. And they made sure that... These guys had that belt. Vince was the ECW champion at one point. I mean, he said the N word. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. Put, was that the Booker T? Was that? Yeah, that's when he was a mm-hmm. champion because he was like dressing like a gangster. Oh, Lord. I did uh, Dragon was, yeah, it was. He was the ECW oof. champion. They put the boots to this thing and they tried to make sure that everybody only remembered the WWE reboot of ECW. But what's great is that I don't think people really did. I think people remember it for what well, it was. The, I don't the, think I've ever even heard of the, it. The weird thing about this is despite everything that they did, there is a couple bright spots that came out of it that people remember a little bit fondly. Yeah. I mean, like there's like John Morrison. Which is Morrison, Punk, and let's say it, Matt, this is for you, and Miz. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it yeah. did like M- some M- people. Yeah, Eminem, it's Miz and Morrison was like, they were very good at the CM Punk team. came out of that. Yeah. Um, Kofi Kingston actually came out of that. Oh wow! Um, like so, you had you have Sheamus actually is another one too. I mean, but you have these Lashley guys, too. You have these too. these guys that came out of it, and like people are like, oh, see, this is what it did. But when you start off a show that was built so much in reality, you have a fucking zombie come out, and yeah, Sam literally comes, beginning of Sam Man comes in Kings and be like, fuck the sci-fi shit, whatever. But it's like you just kind of know it's like this isn't the same. You know, yeah. they had a house show. I've seen reports of it because obviously I don't know if it was filmed or not, but it's never been seen. But they did a, a WWE CW show 
house show at the ECW arena. And at one point, Sandman came out, and you know the big thing about Sandman entering was his crazy entrance with because you know the beer cans and the cigarettes, right? And, and the Metallica, Metallica, and... Metallica Sandman. He comes out to this WWE produced music, sick, and the crowd yeah. boos. And at one point, Heyman, I'm pretty sure I remember reading this correctly that Heyman even said on the microphone, "Hey, I'm sorry, but this is how it's going to be if they own it." Yep, and that's when you knew that's what it was going to be because that and first. That was it. Like with the one night stands, even the one in two thousand six, Heyman still had a bit of. He still he still had a lot more pull mm-hmm. once it got onto sci fi, and it was WWE presents ECW. Vince was the one calling the shots. Yeah, yeah. that was it. To the but, po- to the point where in two thousand six in December, December one of the worst pay per views of all time. Oh my god! Paul Heyman and him had a blow up, and they parted ways. Some and, say mm-hmm. fired, some say quit. And that show. I watched the main event of that. It's not even ironically cool. Like, fun, yeah, no, it's not bad. funny or anything. It's Who just it? terrible. It's an elimination chamber that is won by Bobby Lashley. Oh. Eliminates CM Punk, big show. Oh, was that the one where CM Punk was supposed to win? Heyman wanted CM Punk to beat Big Show and tap him out first thing. So you're guaranteed a new champion. Yeah. And you make a guy, which makes sense. Basically, what they did is they beat everybody you wanted to win within the first, like, 10 minutes yeah, and R- then left R- you with like an eight minutes of like punk and RVD <laughs> get eliminated first too. Oh, and Sabby was supposed to be in and then he just wasn't. Yeah, oh, they beat him up before. Up. No, they beat him oh. up before. It's like, oh, he's hurt. He can't be in it. And wasn't like, he the, the dude fuck? that... And then they put Hardcore Holly in. Okay. But to bring this full circle, I think the thing about ECW, that rebellious, the rebellious attitude, the grassroots style, I the- think... The all for the all for the team mentality, right? It's something like that. AEW is clearly trying to capture, and there is an element of it that is legitimate. Yeah, and I mean, and it does say like I like you're saying. I don't think people when they think ECW think of that 2000 what seven until 2008. I mean, it didn't last long, right? How long? 2006 to 2010. Oh, really? It was longer than I thought. It, la- it lasted a lot longer than people remember. But yeah. when people talk about ECW, they remember that like what 2300, you know, arena. Yeah. They remember those moments. They remember Sabu and the tables, RVD and the chairs. Like it's it has an iconic feel and an iconic history to itself that I think it does like the it's Balls a le- Mahoney and Axel rotten just giving concussions it died a painful death but i think that's one of those things like the legend grew bigger than it it ever was correct Mm -hmm. and that's where the chanting started i mean i think from them just showing those tapes of the chants they spawned chants yeah Mm -hmm. because it used to just be like a very certain type of thing Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you get all these replays of all these shows and everybody's like oh that sounds fun let's do this yeah but that's I think that's what's interesting about AEW is, you know, you have Paul who's rah-rahing the troops. You have Cody who's trying to rah-rah everybody. Yeah. He's giving you the speeches. And there's that vibe. That vibe still exists. And it's that grassroots style. Mm-hmm. And it's still, it's coming through with AEW in a certain way. I mean, it really yeah. is. Like when we, we were all, I mean, when we were there, at, I mean, at Double or Nothing, you can even see it in the shows when people are chanting AEW. It's that same guttural feel as ECW. Yeah. Just like I, like the fans feel like they're a part of it as much as uh, the performers or anyone mm-hmm. backstage. And interestingly, like, you know, Paul is over producing Raw right now, trying to revive that show while still not, I mean, he's not doing ECW stuff at all, but he's trying to be like, book that show similarly to what's worked for him in the past. Mm-hmm. And you bet your ass that they put Paul in a position of power just in case mm-hmm. something happened and he ended up with somebody else. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. a way to fucking do it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. They don't. They did not want Paul over well, also working for AEW. with Paul Heyman as well. He got a lot of respect, I think, back because I think he's not as abrasive as he once was and isn't sure. willing to die on every single hill. And also, Vince's biggest wet dream is like Paul Heyman's best friend. So, <laughs> just Paul, <laughs> oh, this is Brock Lesnar. But all in all, ECW was one of the most influential things in wrestling. And to think that it really only lasted about seven years in its real form is wild. And that's why it's super important I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But yeah, there it is. There it is. This awesome. is a fucking long boy. It's a long one. Yeah. yeah, Brady, thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for letting me babble. I said I had to bring in a sub- subject matter expert about this. That was really informative. Yeah, to a degree. I'm tired as fuck. You're the one that legitimately <laughs> randomly started watching ECW on TNN. Well, but that was, but my, oh, you mean like way back then? Yeah. Yeah. But that was the thing I didn't say, but I mean, that's what got me back into, that's really what got me back into wrestling was that first one night stand when I saw that. Cause it was like, oh, this is the old shit again. I and then when the you found shit. that I also liked wrestling. All right. And then me and you watched the rise and fall of ECW <laughs> in my basement when I was like 16 yeah. or whatever. And then we watched Botchamania one. Well. <laughs> So, near and dear to my heart, ECW, because it, yeah, it really got me back into it. The first first thing in wrestling that I really, really loved. That and Goldberg. Yeah, <laughs> and Goldberg. Love Goldberg. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. WrestleBoys316 says, eat, drink your vitamin C. It's good for you. And don't get sick. It sucks. <laughs> my name is Paul Heyman. <laughs> <laughs>